impressive. Uh, I am great. I'm, you know what? I'm chilling. You're chilling? How are you? I'm chilling. How are you, Campbell? I'm feeling so good because we didn't watch The King and I 1999 animated film. And you know what? That's valid. This was so much better. This was, uh, this was a palate cleanser after, oh, gotcha. after The King and I. This was such a palate cleanser. I needed it. Welcome back to Boozicals. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, this is Boozicals, the podcast where Campbell and I get together and we, you know, pick a drink, we pick a musical, and we get drunk, and we talk about music, and we talk about movies, and we talk about random stories, and sometimes amazing, talented people uh, who come together to bring something, to make something really special. And I'm excited to talk about that today. Me too. But before we get into that, it's time for our segment that is called... What are you going to call it? It is called, because this was definitely prepared, and I remember every time that we have to do this, but this is mm-hmm. called Vodka Vocabulary. Ooh, I like that. Thanks. That's fun. Because you love alliteration. There's other literary I, devices. I anyway, I'm a, I'm There a, are, and yet alliteration is my favorite. Okay, so today's vocab is... Uh, I poured myself a big shot, too. That is a large shot. Oh, I'm glad we stalled 30 minutes so I can eat something before we recorded. Mm-hmm. Is falsetto. <laughs> Ooh. A musical term for... Oh, my God. Breathe. Breathe through it. Breathe through it. It's okay. So, it means artificial voice. It comes from the Italian word falso for false. And, basically, it's when... Your vocal register occupying frequency range above the modal voice. And the modal voice is the vocal register used most frequently in speech and singing. So there's like an octave overlap between them, but it's that like really high, mm-hmm. like above your normal yeah. speaking and singing voice. It's the one really high. I really, talking through that really helped. But yeah. That's, it doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So today it's falsetto. And that's because the musical we're talking about today is falsetto so we're doing a stage show today yay Yay for super fun i'm so glad we could do this yeah me too yeah but hamilton hamilton really started that itch for me oh yeah and now now we have yeah and like with the broadway app it's super super useful oh yeah broadway hd we are not sponsored but they have a lot of cool shows but they come in handy they really do so yeah falsettos and we are drinking and sometimes we like to make cool cocktails that are like related to things. And sometimes we're like, you know what? It's time for just a classic cocktail we haven't done yet. So for this episode, we'll be drinking something I've never had before, but a Cosmopolitan. A Cosmo. Indeed. So cheers, I love Raven. a good Cosmo. Cheers. Oh my god, that vodka. Mm. Delightful. Mm. And refreshing. Not bad. Mm-hmm. This is going to fuck me up. So for anyone who doesn't know what a Cosmopolitan is, it's basically a vodka crayon with a citrus twist. Um, so you add some lime juice. And in this one, we also added like an orange liqueur. Um, the recipe called for like Cointreau or Triple Sec. I actually use a Patron Citronage, which is like an uh, orange, another type of orange liqueur, similar to like a Grand Marnier. Um, and I actually really like it. How dare you outfancy me? <laughs> I was like, I'm going to use the control and 
I wonder if Raven's going to use triple sec again. And you're like, you know what? Fuck you. you know, how Campbell. dare you? How dare you think so little of me? You've done that before on an episode. That's fair. And you're like, oh, did you use this? I was like, of course. I care about this podcast. Look. I'm looking. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like it. Uh, it's so tasty. Yeah. I'm excited these, to eat these, we're uh, definitely, these cucumbers. I think made more... Not made more popular, because it's a drink that's been around for a while, but, like, Sex in the City was definitely, they were like, oh my god, let's have a Cosmo. Mm, here's so, the thing, I have never once watched that show. Mom, uh, I wasn't allowed to growing up. I wasn't allowed to watch a lot growing up. The Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park, Sex in the City. South Park comes up during this podcast. Interesting. That's super cool. Yeah. So anyway. So. Falsettos. Pretty cool. Just kind of some background information. So, it was kind of written by William Finn in the mid-1970s. The Falsettos actually began as a one-act musical called In Trousers. So, the show had its first run in 1978. And the show kind of followed the life of Marvin and him leaving his wife for this man, Wizard. So Finn continued to write material like for the characters in Trousers and like a new one-act piece initially called The Pettiness of Misogyny, which I think is such a cool name for a lot of thoughts I have about this, you know, queer men in general. But the title was later changed to March of the Falsettos. And so that premiered at the Playwrights Horizons in 1981. And then a third show also related to this kind of stuff called Falsetto Land opened in 1990. So March of the Falsettos and Falsetto Land combined is where we get the musical Falsettos, which was first performed in Connecticut at the Hartford stage in 1991. So then it moved to and opened on Broadway at the Golden Theater in April 1992. And received rave reviews and the version we're talking about today is the 2016 revival of falsettos that was filmed at the lincoln center and raven if you didn't know i performed at the lincoln center i did know because you have mentioned it before but it's really cool so i'm glad you brought it up again yeah yeah um yeah this this is a uh really interesting musical uh, it was the first time i'd ever watched it or really been exposed to it um the acting, reacting, oh. blocking, set design, music, oh. and vocals. Oh. Outstanding. Oh. Out, simply outstanding. Um, I, I love this set design in particular because it's very minimalistic. And it really lends itself to like allowing you to focus wholly on the emotional weight and impact of the story like because like it's like they're not until the very end they're not bogged down with actual props and like things to move around and like state like 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 the super big like stage pieces and stuff like that like when you think of like hamilton and and i keep bringing up hamilton but like they they we get it we've only seen one stage show (laughs) other than this we're going to change that that's why i mean Okay, this isn't the reason I got us a subscription to the app. It's actually a Mother's Day gift. Uh, that's why, like, the uh, password is something like, don't forget to hug your mother or call your mother. I thought that was yeah. funny. Um, but I got a year subscription for this for my mom and I to watch musicals. 
and coincidentally, and Raven can also have access to it. So <laughs> you are a part of my uh, Campbell, mother's you're such a good child. I think you're such so. A good son. There's like really this app is really cool. There's a really cool there's these day shows, there's plays, like non-musicals, there's documentaries, there's different movies. Yeah. It's really cool. Again, we yeah, are not sponsored by Broadway HD. Not sponsors, although we should reach if, out. If if you want to reach out. Um I I really think they balance like the alternating heaviness and sort of like levity of the story very well because sometimes that can lead to, like to a point tonal dissonance and then i'm just crying on my couch this morning i'm just like <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but they do it so well like it really draws you into the characters mindsets and emotional states mm. um and i almost like rent has its place but i like this so much better uh, but are you comparing that to the Rent movie adaptation? Yes. Scene. Which I feel, oh, that's fair. That is un- that, that feels unfair. Although Perfect. there's links to the movie adaptation in this. Indeed. Um, you love yeah. saying indeed. I do. It's, it's one of my favorite words. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite word? Kumquat. Mine is yoink. I the your the Lord Yedeth and the Lord Yorketh the wife. It's incredible. Yoink. It's because I like The Simpsons growing up. But anyway, yeah, falsettos. You want to get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. One last cheers. Um, so we, one last cheers. Clunk. So we start off with four Jews in a room bitching. Well, the um, open. So live from Lincoln Center, oh. New York, nineteen seventy nine, and we get into like these opening credits. <laughs> Where we see kind of like the cast. It is a small cast, so I'm just gonna mm-hmm. go through them now. Seven or eight people? It's I think seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. <laughs> so first we have Christian Ball, uh, who plays Marvin. So he's been in Smash and Legally Blonde the Musical. He originated the role mm-hmm. as Emmett. He was in Peter and the Star Catcher, which he won his first Tony for that performance. And he also won Tony. Uh for something rotten um, as Shakespeare. I think he was Shakespeare. I don't know. That's what my notes say. I'm not confident in that. Scratch that. If <laughs> Hey, if it's right, you're welcome. If it's wrong, don't yep. at me. But you, you can at us at Booze Holes. At, at Booze Holes. On Instagram. <laughs> and then we have Stephanie J. Block, who plays Trina. She has been in Rise. She won uh, a Tony in 2019 for Outstanding Actress in a Musical for a lead performance in The Share Show, which is like, come on. Amazing. That's so cool. And, like, she's currently playing the baker's wife on Into the Woods. Oh, that's cool. Yep. We have Andrew Rannells, Rannells, uh, who plays Wizard, who's done a lot of voice acting. He was Invincible. He's in the show Street Sharks from my youth. He also has lent his wonderful, wonderful voice in Big Mouth. He was on Girls. He was in Girls 5 Eva. But he's also led, was a leading role in The Book of Mormon, Written by the creators of South Park. Ooh. That was that reference. As Elder Price, which he was Tony nominated for, and he won a Grammy, like, part of that performance nice. the following year. And then we have Brandon Urinowitz, who plays Mendel, who is in Marvelous with Maisel, inside Amy Schumer. Uh, he is really known for his performance in American in Paris as well. We have Anthony Rosenthal, who plays Jason. Ooh. Who's been in Gravesend, The Neighborhood, who did such a good job. I'm like, way to go, kid, for like, honestly, sta- like being able to perform with 
all these people like so well and then we have tracy toms who plays dr charlotte who was joanne uh, in the movie yes. version of friends who yes, i mean listen was. to that episode with Catherine. we have so much love for her she did such yeah. a good job but she's and also voice is amazing. she's also been in a bunch of episodes of cold case the devil wears prada 911 gone she was the lead in the exonerated at the culture project just i am in love with her she is so talented and i get so yeah. excited when i see her like on stage on screen mm-hmm. in the street outside her house you know wh- wherever and yeah. then we have betsy wolf who plays cordelia who was so much fun in she was this so fun. like out, all the characters did all such them. a good job being that character that i never knew i literally i literally wrote down at one point that every single one of these characters has like the perfect voice for their character i and i can't see other people being these characters agreed and let me tell you something tell me trina stephanie j block girl and we're gonna talk about it her voice just simply simply superb yeah so betsy wolf no, no. Was also on the Camelot Ensemble for live in Lincoln oh, sorry, Center. Like other more. another like live recording of a stage show. Again, thank mm-hmm. you for doing those. We need more of that. Yep. But she was also in Tales of the City, uh, the last five years revival. She like has done really, really, really well in that role. But she also co-founded Broadway Evolved, which is a musical theater program training program for students. Yeah, and that's, really that's cool. the cast. And then, and, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I actually like that it's such a, a tight cast. It's intimate. Yeah, because, because um, especially that in, in combination with the minimalist set design, um, it really allows, like, it, it lets the story take focus. You know, like, there's physically not enough on stage for you to pay attention to other than the people. You know, like there's nothing else for you to look at other than them and their expressiveness and their effusiveness and dear God, are their voices effusive? Oh my God! Like their vocal performance. Also, great use uh, of effusive. Thank you, thank you. Um, so four Jews in a room bitching. So this is Hilarious. the sequel to Prince of Egypt. <laughs> but like actually. And so, like, they go through, like, they go uh, a little bit, like, synopsis of Story of Exodus. And when they were starting off, I was like, this is not what I thought this was going this to would be. be. And then I was like, oh, the co- they're taking costumes off. Okay, cool. Okay. This makes sense now. How much did you love, <laughs> how, like, t- how much did you love Stephanie Block just going across the, sc- uh, the stage, <laughs> just singing, Slavery? <laughs> <laughs> she was so like she was like i'm from, here from the outside i'm here and they're the like okay outside, five jews the... bitch, whatever misogyny <laughs> uh from the outset the comedic timing the just the the, the chemistry because also the benefit of having such a, a tight cast uh or a tight crew is like the the chemistry that you build as a team doing that together yeah like they all play off of each other so well what a little quartet they are like i love it they're just so adorable so great oh my gosh um the kid is my favorite part of this 
I think of most of the show, to be completely honest. Really? I really like Mendel. He does it some he does it for me. Oh, see, I love Mendel as just like he's the stepfather that a lot of people need. I'm not gonna say everyone, but a lot. He's he's great. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah. I like him. Um Yeah, so poor Jews in I, a I, room bitching. Yeah, and we see the giant cube. At first, I was just like, this isn't interesting. Is this meant to be like a mecha? Like, what is this? Um, and then it transforms into all the furniture yeah. that they use to, like, create. It's like, so cool. foam, I guess? Like, gray blocks? Yeah, like, light enough that you can easily manipulate them, but sturdy enough that you can, like, sit on them and use them to, like, yeah. And it was, it was, so, it was so creative and innovative, like, the way they use all the different pieces to create literally every environment that they would need. And even, like, the final... Uh, final shot uh, we're, we're gonna get to it i'm gonna start amazing, crying right now amazing. i need to, I, I don't need to okay, do this right okay, now okay okay yeah so this song uh. is really really good but it's very basically talking about you know the suffering of the jewish the hebrew mm-hmm. people and how yes. like the like the guilt and like different kind of situations and it's like oh it's gonna pay off and that's a lot of this kind of idea of quote jewish guilt um is an undercurrent kind of for like a lot of the motivations and like conversations that you have throughout the musical yeah yeah um and so we go right into so because this this play is a like sung through sort of opera uh style musical uh we go straight into all of the like each subsequent song uh, so we go into a tight-knit family um and we find out that uh marvin is vegan and he and trina or trina uh which kept throwing me off that they kept pronouncing it trina instead of trina um but he and trina are recently divorced um and he has started a new relationship uh, with his uh his male partner named Wizard, or that goes by Wizard. I kind of hope that's not his government name. Um, Why not? <laughs> it feels no. Continue, like judge. Not a name that would be helpful to go through life with. Life's already hard for him, don't you think? Don't that's doesn't what need I mean. a, doesn't need other people bringing him down, calling him out for his name, Raven. You're no, part of the problem. I don't. You're part of the problem. I. Nope. It's not that yep. nope. I have a problem with the yeah, name. Right. I'm saying life with that name would not be easy. Like like being like a, a ten year old kid with the name Wizard in like class would not be a, a fun life <laughs> to have. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. Yeah. So right off the back, because the only like synopsis I knew for this musical, I was like, one, it's gay. Love that. Two. Yep this man leaves his wife to be with another man. That's all I knew. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder how that we're going to progress through that. And literally the second song, I was like, oh, we're doing it. The thing's happened. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Um, uh, and she's going to the doctor. Uh, or no, he goes to the doctor. Oh, yeah, that's his um, psychiatrist, Mendel. Everyone is yeah. miserable. And he's just very much like, I want it all, which is really sets up like his character arc from this and why yes. he made me and so that's a refrain that he repeats throughout the entire angry. musical i was i i hate it i like i had such marvin yes i had such disgust He's... for this character there was a point um in the second act where he fully like triggered a trauma response with his like ang- like anger outburst and i was just like oh Oh, I do not enjoy you, sir. No. Um, my boyfriend had to walk out of the room multiple times like, I can't be watching this. Yeah. 
But at the same time, again, that's what I mean when I say the acting and reacting is so good. And like the in the minimum, like it's just so real. The way the way it draws you in is like it starts off like with this almost lighthearted, and this is what I mean by balancing the heaviness and the levity. It starts with this lighthearted song, and you're like, oh, it's a little comedic, and it's fun, and it's whimsical, and then you get into it, and you're like, oh, this is like a, oh, this is, these are real people, like, oh, he is a problematic character, and like, you really dive into all of their mindsets, and what is driving them, and their character motivations, um, and just, like, you see them truly as people, and as a family, and come to understand the dynamics of what that means in real life yes you know? and so and it's it's just a look at a modern family yes you know? and mark like uh, even in this place takes place in 1979 marvin very much was is like yeah my i'm getting divorced from my wife but like i want like her and my son to still be okay with like the life i'm living because i want it all yeah. i'm going to be doing what i'm doing we're not going to get into the dynamics of you know closeted gay men and stuff like that I don't care uh, to talk about that, but it's very much, hey, here's the situation everyone's miserable in, but from his perspective, he's just like, I need, it's going to all work out because that's what I want. It's very yeah. like, want, uh, driven, that's the word. Yeah, and and I actually really appreciate that we start the story, we start this look at their lives with just after the moment that he like actually leaves and like they actually separate and he is now in this new relationship and has started this new phase of his life because like yes the the story of like the closeted gay man who's like stuck in this in the, in the marriage and like all that stuff like yeah that can be a story but we've already we've also seen that and i like the fact that we because we started the story here we did get to see happy to some degree healthy and functioning um homosexual relationships which isn't something that you always get to see represented in the media yes. like there's a lot and of family dynamic there and a lot of drama and stuff but i wouldn't say all the homosexual relationships in this are healthy but we do at least see one yeah <laughs> even yeah whatever so then we get into the song love is Blind," which is the uh mendel is marvin's psychiatrist Treating and they're the, kind yeah. of like going um that we have Trina seeing him. Yeah. And very conflict of interest. This is like... Very... Like, I love Mendel, but then I realized, like, near the second act, I was like, wait a second. No, he's a horrible professional. This is... This and that is, was... But it that made was the me thing forget. That, got me about, that was the thing that got me about Mendel. Like, I was like, yeah, Mendel, like, ended up being a great dad to Jason. Like, sure, he's a, he's a good character in general. He's a good person. But, like, that is a major, like, breach of, like, ethics. <laughs> yeah. So this is a psychiatrist session between Trina and Mendel, where she's just kind of explaining the situation, getting, you know, that plot going. And Marvin would tell her, love isn't sex. Like, things like that. Yeah. Just, you know their lives together that he is not attracted to her he is a gay man and then she was like do you only treat like queer people yeah <laughs> i mean trina and marvin were married he loved her i'm not i didn't wasn't really a big fan of it's like yeah then he gave me syphilis then hepatitis i was like okay we didn't need to do all of those talking about yeah. Like infidelity and like putting that on gay men and stuff, but like I understand the time period, but the stuff that comes later I think is an important 
plot point that they did well. But at this point, yeah. it felt like a joke. It's something, it's something that can function as foreshadowing, but I think also being this early in the story and not necessarily having, not necessarily being fully drawn into the characters yet, it does feel more like a trope. Yes. And so guess, they're yeah. singing together, and then she's like telling her son, Daddy is kissing boys. She like caught um, him in Wizard. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, one of the lyrics from this song that I thought was, like, really, really cool. Love reads as a bad biography with, like, everything. Yeah, there were because a lot of really interesting lines. Where, like, everything else is, like, from just one, like, perspective. Every, like, other mm-hmm. interaction is kind of ignored. And I thought yeah. that was, like, really interesting thinking about, okay, you're in, like, say, in, like, a new relationship, a good relationship, hopefully, that... Like, everything else is just kind of like, oh, but I'm here now. And, like, along the way or even the interactions you're currently having are dismissed because of, like, love being the overarching kind of thing. And that's the interesting thing about how they set up, um, about how they set up Marvin's character arc throughout the story, um especially his relationship with Jason, because one of the lines, I don't know if he said it yet, uh, but at the very least he says it soon. Um, the line that Jason frequently repeats, which is my father says that love is like the most important oh, yeah, it's later. in the world or something like that. Yeah, it's the most yeah. beautiful thing in the world. The most beautiful thing in the world. Um, but sort of, sort of setting that up exactly what you were saying, Campbell, about how we see that Marvin is totally failing to acknowledge or even consider like yes, this is this is your period of self discovery, um, but also what is the real life impact that it's having on your wife and your child? No. Um, and I think that plays a lot into the dynamics that you see, like like understanding that and being able to see it here, like adds to the nuance of all of the dynamics we see later between them, um, especially as we see uh, Trina like into her relationship with with Doctor Mandel and and grow past this relationship with Marvin um it's it's just interesting to see like how his failure to even acknowledge that the 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 true impact he's had on them until really the very end um or or... I would also say the end of act one specifically yeah yeah, the end end of act one with yeah the father and son sorry I guess I guess that's what that's what I meant like but he still has he still has some problems with it in act two he's just he has started to acknowledge yes. it. Yes. Oh, say. for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, yeah. And so then we hear Mendel saying she's very insecure, but so am I. Like, this work is his passion. And in five sessions, mm-hmm. she will be better continuing. He's, like, talking to Marvin about the sessions with his ex-wife. Yeah. So we, and then we, like, we go to see conversations with uh, Wizard and Marvin. And immediately I'm like, this is the most toxic relationship. Specifically, the song uh, "Thrill of First Love." This this relationship is so fucking toxic, and like yes. I understand. Okay, so this may be really personal, but once you like come to not fully accepting yourself, but like admitting that you're gay and you're in your first kind of gay relationship, that uh, the contested feeling of 
oh, this is a bad relationship, but this feels right for the first time is really mm-hmm. difficult to go through. And that's something I've personally gone through that I would put up with, honestly, a lot of abuse with my first, like, gay relationship because, you know, like, kissing and sex and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, things oh, finally right, feel right. But yeah. at the same time, he treated me horribly. So mm-hmm. this is... I don't know. This was a lot for me to watch, but this is a real thing that happens. And so when he pushes, I pull talking about how passion dies and like, you know, the thing that they love to do together most is fighting going off. They're always like digging into each other. That, like, my style is better. Like, at first, I was like, okay, Wizard, you don't need to be saying that. You, like, don't need to be, like, calling out for this kind of stuff. But I think it's just, that wasn't the bad part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they very much, like, there's rarely a time that the two of them have, especially for a long interaction, that you're just like, oh, yeah, this is, this is a good thing for the two of We're you. We're together nine like, months, no, ten months. I was like, why does it matter? Yeah. Because being right and, like, having that kind of complex and perspective and, like, ownership of someone, like the, power the dynamic, of... being correct was more important than the other person. And, like, the argument of, like, don't versus won't agree. And I'm like, ooh, that's, that that is one important nuance, but also, again, the, the, the petty arguing about things that literally don't matter. Yes. You know? And so, yeah, they're just fighting, and they've almost survived a year together. Yeah. I was like, oh, this makes, this bums me out. (laughs) Um, Well, we get to Marvin at the psychiatrist. Marvin at the psychiatrist. I love, I love this song. So it's described as a three-part opera. Yeah, Um, it's so cool. And immediately off the bat, uh, Dr. Middell is super into Trina, and it's just like, um, I don't know if this is appropriate for mm-hmm. someone who's not and only treating him? a patient. He hypnotizes. Or is it just like a or visual I think it's, I think gag it's just, I think it's a thing. His... Yeah, I think it's just a visual gag. Because I don't think there's at any point where they actually imply that Jason is like legitimately hypnotized. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like how in this like three-part mini-opera, it starts and ends the same with chess. Like my dad said that love is the most beautiful thing in the world, but I think chess is the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. That kind of bookends it. But the first part is Trina. Yeah. And trying to, like, figure out, like, do you, like, do you love him? Um, like, enjoy what you can, like, right now yeah. kind of thing. Um, does he thrill? Oh, no, no, no. He's not talking with Trina. He's with Marvin right now. Yeah, so this Sorry. is this is Marvin. That, yeah. No, you're, you're fine. Well, he does talk to Trina, though. Um, but, yeah, so I, I like this song because it kind of gives us um, the first deep look into Marvin as a person mm-hmm. and, like, all of the different sides of what he's looking for. Um, and so we see first him and Marvin and... <sighs> Marvin is, like, trying to sort through like it's like he's trying to sort through where to go and like what to do now in this part of his life and like how to deal with this and stuff like that but it still feels like he's in that phase of 
again because this feels right for the first time yeah. like I don't I don't necessarily want to have to stop and think about the negative impacts of it I want to be able to uh, appreciate and, and almost bask in be, like having this feeling for the first right. time in my life Feeling, feeling right. What I feeling me. And well. It's just like interesting because he's like, does he thrill you? And he's like, he's vicious. Does he like do you think he's gonna kill you kind of thing? He was like, Yeah. He was like, you know what? Enjoy <laughs> it. And I'm like, excuse me. Concern. Concern. <laughs> Mental so again, again. He balances Mental between worse not... psychiatrist and a really good psychiatrist. No, he's a pretty bad psychiatrist. He's a decent, like, children's Sorry. therapist, I guess. Yeah, no, no, he's that, a bad that, that would be, yeah, that side, he's great with Jason. <laughs> like, he's that should be his Jason. practice. He fully blew off later on, he fully blew off that one patient who is straight up just, well, well, well she we'll sucks. She doesn't have real problems. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Campbell, she's just a hysterical woman. Just give her some pointers. Yeah, exactly. She'll be fine. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, um, it's just like, yeah, sort of mean, but like, I'm really enjoying myself right now. And then we get to part two, which is Trina, and yeah. uh, and we find out Mendel and is she, attracted to the ex-wife. It's like about her. And again, is terrible at doing, in, uh, of controlling or managing that or being professional in Yeah, and he's like, you said she and was she, withholding, she was cold. I don't get that at all. I don't get that. But and she, was she and faithful? She's sitting there just Did she like, cheat on you? And he was like, <laughs> like No. No. Does she sweat she, a lot? Does she she sleep naked? And she he was like, no, no. And I was like, oh my god, this is so yeah. Um, and meanwhile, like Trina is just like, hey, can you help me? Like, I I need to talk to somebody about like I'm struggling with like, to get through this. Like, you know, like trying to like receive help and services for her mental health <laughs> and and i don't know it gets it's better later on once we realize she's at least into him but it's still pretty bad um okay so then we get to everyone tells jason to see a psychiatrist um and this is basically like so funny. the dad it's so funny the dad has been seeing the psychiatrist uh the mom started seeing the psychiatrist um and they're just like hey like it's coming from a real place of like hey we know this is difficult we know this is a lot to deal with like we want you to like get the have the help that you need but also like hey you need help um and he's very much like no no thank you and Nothing. they're like the help you need is the person that's unprofessionally involved with all this yes um and that has already kind of crossed some boundaries relationship wise so it's that's, oh, that's interesting absolutely. um oh also so we finally... didn't cheers oh yeah yeah we did it cheers second drink what the fuck is wrong with this clink cheers um oh, so good um so yeah, and so then he's finally like, okay, fine. Well, let me at least talk to Wizard about it. Because um, he and Wizard are actually growing pretty close at this point. Like, they're pretty good friends. They have an uh, interesting relationship. Um, and so he calls in Wizard, and Wizard's just like, I mean, I don't fucking find no, dude. Like, live your life. Um, and then the dad, like, smacks on the back of the head. Uh, or Marvin smacks on the back of the head. Um, and he's just like, I mean, yeah, sure. You should 
probably maybe go to a psychiatrist. Um, and then the mom, or I keep, I keep just saying the parents' uh, roles, uh, Trina, Trina. Um, like kind of like stare, like stares him down. Uh, and he's like, you know what? Fine. Yes, absolutely. You should go see a psychiatrist. What I also think is really cool about this song where he's just trying to talk about, uh, like, Marvin's like, please see one, I'll pay the bill because that's what's important here kind of thing. Yeah. And he, they're just talking about, like, their family dynamic right now and how, you know, there's a problem. Yeah. And it gets a, it like, uh, uh, photographs can't com- capture our magic, but, like, when they pose together, it's very, like, Norman Rockwell family kind of thing that's, like, captured. And there's, like, literally, like, a camera flash on them. Oh, I didn't like even notice song. that. Oh yeah. I see. That's when that's when they say photographs can't capture our magic. Yeah. Okay. See, I was like, I I got that uh, sense, uh, but I didn't notice the actual like camera flash. That's interesting. Um, it, the, the He's line, like, just because you fail as parents doesn't mean that's what I was going to say. Those, I was like, that's no, that's exactly that why you me. need to go to a psychiatrist. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, I mean, also just like parents aren't perfect because humans aren't perfect and like everyone screws up as a parent and everyone screws with their kid a little bit uh some people screw up their kids a lot of it um and so it's, and it's some, really and helpful some of those people don't believe in therapy or even offer mm-hmm. or would think less of you for doing that i'm Indeed. like oh wow this is amazing it's like yeah we are we're fucking this up Breaking we need cycles. to get some professional help here because we're Correct not able to our own I just thought it was so funny. He was like, I want to talk to Wizard. I was like, oh, hell yeah. What the fuck is going to happen? That's what, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's so interesting that like you have parents here that are saying like, hey, we know we're kind of screwing you up. Like, please go see the psychiatrist. Like, please go see the therapist. And it's the kid that's just like, nah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> no thanks. Good. Yeah. And then he was like, Basically, it's like, do you, he's like, do you think I should go? And he's like, I'm not sure, Jason. And then, like, you know, the parents, he's like, absolutely, you should go. He's yeah. like, okay, I'll go there. But if he comes here, and, he has to come I was, to the house. and they're, and they're like, like, wait, they do. He's like, nope, we're going to get him to come here. Yeah. It's happening. Because <laughs> they're like, but they don't make house calls. <laughs> uh, and she's oh. like, oh, well, we'll figure that out. And then oh, they figure it out. Um, so and then we, then we cut get to. to yeah. The song, This Has Better Come to a Stop, which is the most toxic fucking song. Everyone, oh my gosh, okay. It's just, well, I mean, we see it's very much like Wizard and Trina are foils to one another. They're both reacting to Marvin's abuse. Yes. And it's very, like, cyclical, like how it's happening. And, like, Wizard's like, I'm not, uh, I didn't make dinner, like, I, like, making dinner it's like what like you do this is what you're supposed to be doing basically like with this antiquated way of thinking but like you are my wife now this is the role i'm putting on you kind of thing and trina's like i am responsible for this this is my fault um and he's like and she's like talking to her therapist and he's she's asking questions like oh i can't deal with questions because that means having like real answers yeah um but it's just very much uh yeah, I, just like the interaction between Wizard and Marvin right here is just so hard to watch. Exactly, and I, I really think it's interesting uh, in this way how this musical kind of deals with uh, gender roles, and especially what gender roles can mean in uh, specifically a heterosexual relationship, a homosexual relationship between two men, and a homosexual relationship between two women, um, and 
it's interesting how a lot of those ideas, like a lot of our current society's traditional ideas on gender roles, um, how that also plays into the the character's own internalized like insecurities in some cases internalized homophobia um and like seeing mm-hmm. marvin breaking away from this heterosexual mold and breaking away into this life of something that yes feels more right but is also new and not necessarily super accepted in society um and and seeing him like deal with that and and yeah he does become abusive in the sense that he's forcing wizard into a role that like wizard makes it very clear he has no desire to occupy like wizard's like i have my own life very clear about it yeah 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 wizard's very much like look i i really like being with you it's been it's been a great run so far and like i'm cool i'm down the clown but like that's not like you're trying to force something on me that i'm making it very clear i don't want and trina in the meantime it I don't know. At this point in the story, like, she very much pivots later on, but at this point in the story, it kind of felt like she was still fighting for her marriage in a way. No, 100%. She was very much, this is, like, what I should be doing better, and this is, like, what I should be doing. I'm going to continue to be doing it, like, as if that would, like, solve something. Yeah. But I... But then it, the song does get to a point where it's both Wizard and Trina being, this needs to stop Marvin. Yes. Yeah. And, like, and they're both saying it to him. Like, your behavior needs to, like, like how you're dealing with this, the way you're approaching this needs to, needs to change, needs to stop. We need to fix this. Um, Which, but then we get into, I think, one of the most incredible songs of this entire musical. I'm breaking down. Well, honestly, any song that she, that, like, is Trina's character's song, she knocks out of the park. Stephanie Block knocks yes. out of the park. But go ahead. I'm breaking it's down. Very much. Okay. So uh, this song was specifically added for Broadway, but it was written originally for In, in Trousers. trousers. Yeah. And this song is just so, it's very much like cooking show. Oh, yeah. But Set like, up very. But like. A der- let me chop all the phallic foods I can. <laughs> Let's have a banana and carrot salad. But um, also you, we're seeing the process of, it's almost like um, in Waitress, um. That what baking can do when she's like, oh, I'm baking yes. my feelings into a pie, basically. It's kind of like that, except she's not baking it into anything. She's very much actively breaking down. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's very much, she's just losing it. Yeah. And I do appreciate that we do see, like, her thoughts about Wizard and all this. And it's like, I don't hate him, and that bothers me. Trina, yeah, like, I, I, she's, she's not homophobic. It's not that she's not... Yeah. It's not that she's, like, against, like, oh, you're gay, that's a problem. It's just, like, hey, I'm just being lied to and gaslit and manipulated, and I just can't take it anymore. Yeah. And I'm just supposed to be okay with this, and you know what? I'm breaking down, because I'm expected to keep it all together, and I'm physically unable to. Yeah, and again, I think that's what I... Another thing that I like about specifically where they started the story in Marvin's sort of journey uh, with his sexuality, because... It, it It is kind of refreshing that, well, yes, we're seeing Marvin deal with the situation poorly in many ways and, and be sort of abusive and violative towards his partners um, or towards his previous partner and his current partner. Um, at the same time, 
the acceptance that Trina and Jason do have for him and this realization in him coming into this phase of his life. Like, like Trina's very much saying, like, look, dude, like, I'm, this is, this is new for me. And I'm, like, I'm having a really hard time with it. But, like, I understand that this is just, like, something that you, like, I'm, I'm accepting of this. I just need you to not be an asshole about it, you know? <laughs> like, and I think this is further, like, recognized with the thing she's saying. Like, she feels bad about saying and thinking, I hope. Like, he doesn't fulfill, like, doesn't satisfy him. Yeah. Like, she feels bad about that. Um, and I love, like, I don't know, just, like, talking to the audience. It's like, is it fun to cry over nothing? It is! And it's just so personable and yeah. just so well acted. Yeah. That this this song in particular was incredible. It was, like, super, super, super good. And that's why I really like how we have, we also have, like, these spotlights into the characters where we see, uh, we alternate very frequently between, like, company or, or group um, pieces and then these solo ones. Um, and I like how we really get to see, like, what it feels like to be a person in any one of these characters' shoes, you know? And I think that's also the benefit of keeping the actual cast so small, is that it's it's not so many characters that you can't keep, like, kind of keep track of all of their individual emotional, you know? Like, yeah. you, can, you kind of inhabit each of their shoes and each of their uh, mindsets, you know? Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And then it's just like, I mean heartbreaking some of these lyrics and like we find out like she's she's like also because of all the, she's super horny she's <laughs> like i like my shrink which is like not okay yeah so i'm glad she also i like that. my husband's shrink because that's also a part oh, of yeah <laughs> and then it's just like she's like rethought the fun they had together knowing like a lot of this wasn't people like being the authentic selves that there's yeah. like you know lying involved and I was just like, oh. That hurts. I, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but and God, then her Dirge voice. on the Verge, so fun. <laughs> yes. I wrote that down. I was like, I think Raven's going to like that line. <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, we, we do we do see how she's also the just like, but also, um, I'm horny. And I don't know how to deal with that now uh, because I'm divorced because my husband's gay, you know? Um, yeah. And so then we get into uh, please come to our house. So this is her like, oh, you must you know, exercise the devil. Jason, uh, Jason needs a psychiatrist. He'll only see a psychiatrist if he comes to the house. So can you please come to the house? But also I'm going to like cook dinner and like, I, I kind of like you a little bit. Um, and there's a, there's a little bit of romantic component here. Mm -hmm. And I was like, on the one hand, like, at least she does like him back. Like, at least he's not just creeping on her, but it's, it's not, not completely predatory. Yeah, yeah, it's not, you know, 100%. Just partially. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just unethical. <laughs> you know, like, it's not predatory, yeah, it, it's just unethical. <laughs> yeah, which honestly... It's brownie points it for so something? Bad? Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not a licensed therapist, I don't know what kind of oaths they take. Um, I love how Jason's, like, just talking, he's like, oh yeah, he's gonna come, you're gonna talk to him, he's like, should I be mean to him? Like, that's a genuine question he asks, he's like, no! no. <laughs> Um, but, but 
They held it's, hands and then like time stopped. It's super awkward for him though, for Jason. And he's just like, yeah. what what do I do? Why am I here? What what's happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> just like looks miserable. They're all tired. Yeah. There's like really work that like needs to be done. But then we get into like Jason's therapy. Yes. And then this is like I think the first time we talk about how Jason kind of resembles Marvin. Yes, very much so. Um, and I think at this point it's used in like a negative connotation, which mm-hmm. is interesting because later on it's used like positively. And I think that's just like a good like litmus for like the character. Mar- Marvin's character Marvin. arc. I, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, I love the fact that Jason knows what apoplexy is. Um, I had looked this up. Let me pull up my tab. And it's it. also interesting that he's asking a lot of questions like about his dad about like say like genetics and stuff so i think like a concern of his yeah it's just like oh am i going to be just like my dad as well like am i gay kind of things and i it's just like interesting that he's asking this of mendel um talking about genetics because like you know mendel is mendel's like father too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, i so was thinking that too actually... okay i, I actually... thought that he was like oh do you think yeah. This is what's going to happen with this? And I was like, I didn't even think about that. I'm just, like, crying over these two relatable scenarios. Oh, no. I I thought that maybe uh, the fact that his character's name was Dr. Mendel was meant to be symbolic in some way. I hadn't fully explored that. Was that his first name or yet. surname? I assumed it was... Oh. I assumed it was a surname because <laughs> they called him Dr. Mendel, but they do oh, just call Raven. him Mendel, too. When I get my PhD... Are you going to call me Dr. Macaulay or Dr. Campbell? Oh, I, I default to Dr. Macaulay. Okay. But I'm not going to like call you Dr. Macaulay. I'm going to call you Campbell. I don't think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> we'll reach that bridge when we get to it. Oh, my gosh. Oh, but <laughs> apoplexy is the is unconsciousness or incapacity resulting from a cerebral hemorrhage or stroke, uh, which Jason somehow knows about. Um, and was you know like, what? I'm it's suffering. It's never too early about learning how to, like, learning about people when they stroke it out. Pathophysiology. Oh my god. Um, so Jason apparently is apoplexy with the situation and Dr. Mendel has random is bouts of mania. <laughs> um, the is this therapy lines are hilarious because Mendel would just say some fuck shit and Jason just turns around like is this therapy? Is, th- is this correct? Is this what I'm supposed to be And he's like doing that hypnotist right like full body <laughs> kind of thing and I was just like okay so they're really getting into it. Yeah. And they were in like Five sessions later, we get into, like, a family counseling. Yes. Which I'm like, this is, like... Is... Here's my Technically, thing. he is the mother, the father's, and the son's psychiatrist. Yes. Do you need to be having but... sessions together while you're dating the mother? <laughs> no. No! <laughs> okay. no but, here's, but here's also the thing, is that, like, he's a psychiatrist. And yet, at no point... During these sessions, are we talking about, like, clinical diagnoses or potential medical treatments? Um, they're, they're framed like just kind of normal standard therapy sessions, like family counseling sessions. And I'm like, that's a whole different specialty. Like, a, a licensed like, therapist or family counselor is a whole different thing from a psychiatrist. What is the difference between a psychiatrist and a therapist? So a psychiatrist is like a licensed medical professional. So they have like gone to med school and studied like pharmaceuticals to an extent. And like they can actually prescribe you medication for um, treatment of like 
uh, I guess... You hit the first two points of this article so well, Raven. Oh, I'm really you. proud of you. Thank you. Oh, so they can actually prescribe you medication for, like, diagnosed mental... Uh, and that's the third one. Wow, you you summarized <laughs> this so well. Um, whereas, like, a therapist or a, a counselor, like a family counselor or a licensed social worker, um, they generally or cannot prescribe you medication. Um, they can help you with, like, evaluation to determine, like, mm -hmm. might you be ADHD or, like, on the autism spectrum or something like that. Um, and they can they, they can get, do, like, behavioral Recommend to be, go somewhere to be diagnosed. Yeah, they can refer you to a psychiatrist or refer you to an evaluation center, um, or they can help you with, like, behavioral treatment plans um, as opposed to me medical, like, medication-based treatment plans. Um, but, like... Those two fields are, yeah. are very different. The conversations that they're having with Mendel, you would not typically have with your psychiatrist. And that's what yeah. makes it even more weird. I don't even know if that's part of if it, if that's also unethical, but that's what makes it more weird that he is having these family counseling sessions and he's taking so, a it's, wife it's and fucked like, up. It's, it's fucked up, but it's also really funny. <laughs> but then we also get to, they're like sitting down, they're having like Jason and Mendel like one-on-one, -on -one, and Jason says to him, Mr. Mendel, regarding your intentions with my mother, it's very much like father of the bride oh, kind yeah. of situation. Because this is after, like, you know, weeks, months, whatever period of time of counseling. Yeah. And then he, like, goes to that hypnotizing kind of body movement on Mendel, Jason does, trying to, like, you know, talk through what the fuck is happening. And, and we get I to the song, A Marriage Proposal. Yeah. Um, Which is so romantic, wouldn't you say? It's... As in, Raven wouldn't say <laughs> No. Um, <laughs> the line, don't touch your hair, you're perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay, so that's, okay, Raven, uh, do you... Because this... that is how he delivered it, too. <laughs> okay, okay, and okay, how am I going to say this? Raven, you and I are crazy, Correct. I mean, yeah, but you don't have to say it like that. <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Because we we are very intelligent people. We know a lot. We observe a lot. Mm -hmm. I, like, I may gossip mm -hmm. in the back because I'm a know-it-all. I just need to, yeah. I don't want to do anything with information. I just want to, like, enjoy the Physically process of Physically ingest knowing. information from yes. the universe, yeah. Okay, Raven, have you ever been in a situation yes. where, like, in your mind, mind of mind, in your mind palace, you like see something happening, be like, oh, they're doing it because of this thing. But then oh. you're like, you can't tell them that. Yeah. That's what's happening here. He's seeing this like nervous tick mm -hmm. as a reaction for something he knows I about totally her personal life because of this like medical professional yeah. being unethical. And then he's in turn controlling that situation. It's and fucked he's, up. And that's the thing. He's, he's, it's not even just that he's therapizing his partner. It's that he's literally therapizing his partner because she's simultaneously his partner and his client. So it's yeah. like... <laughs> yeah, but that's what he does, but during a marriage proposal. Ending note of marriage proposal. Oh, okay, yeah. So he proposes to Biblical her. times. He just keeps repeating. But she's like, why are we talking nothing about more, the Bible? Nothing is more romantic than quoting the Bible, Raven. Um, True or false? Very much false. <laughs> Oh, the amount of stony Leviticus, that whatever. Oh, I don't know. Gosh. What did they repeat at weddings? Love is patient. Love is kind. That's, Corinthians. Yes. Corinthians 4.13 or 13.6? I forget. I think 4.13 might be. I don't know. Ecclesiastes 9.10. <laughs> um, the ending note uh, where he goes, like, I would, like, die. 
Um, I really love that. I think I think it's a major fourth. I might be wrong because uh, it doesn't sound quite like a perfect fifth, which we talked about last episode. Um, but, but it did, just it just sounds really. Did it feel comfortable to you, Raven? It felt comfortable, yeah. Okay, so I think then with people that are like, here's music, hear different music going on. It's like, oh, some something this is comfortable to me and they have a music background. Maybe they don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's related to the circle of fourths. Interesting. Then. So maybe like subconscious, you're just like, no, this is like, this is a pattern I recognize yeah. and I feel comfortable with. Well, yeah, so because maybe that's it. literally because when um, when I heard it, I was just like, that is, I recognize that that is a musical interval I have heard in many other uh, musicals before and I've enjoyed it each time. And like, I was trying to think, I, I couldn't even pinpoint a specific one because I was thinking of so many, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, or it's happened so many times, but. Biblical times. <laughs> Um, okay. Yeah, but so then, we, then like, we get into... See, we see Marvin's kind of view on this, and he's like, this is so fucked up. Like, my divorce... Uh, Which, he's, my divorce, he's My ex-wife ran up. off with my shrink. And I was like, no, that no, is no, no. You up. left her, and she lived her life. Okay. His shrink ran off with his ex-wife. <laughs> okay, but that's not what he says. No, no, correct. Um, it is a fucked up situation, but it's not her fault. Yeah, yeah so Marvin family reprise, reprise um and out. we see mendel and marvin are kind of like vying for like dominance in a way and it's really He's weird like, i can't believe she loves you and i was just like and marvin <laughs> marvin keeps repeat he he also repeats this later on um yeah at the at the end of uh, as we get closer to the end of act one but um he has this it feels like he's still trying to hold on to his relationship with Trina. Like, he doesn't want Trina to move on from him. Like, he wants her to still love him. But then he's like, but also, I don't want to be in this marriage anymore. And I want to be with Wizard. And then she's like, okay, well, you can't have it both ways. Like, you have left but your no, no, relationship no, 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 with her. No, 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 no. Right. He's a man. <laughs> in the 70s. Oh. This was his vision. And it's going to happen. And it's Because he wants it all. It's frustrating. It is really frustrating. I was, like, really sick of his character. And, like, you know, props to Christian Bolt. And, he, like, he did such a good job in he this plays role this, that this I character wanted, so well. That I, like, wanted to punch his face. And yeah, like, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, the acting, like, and also their reactions to him. And, like, you feel, like, oh, you feel the tension so perfectly. And, like... He, uh, it's so good. It's all so good. Um, and then, so after Mendel and Marvin, like, kind of square off, um, uh, we get into Trina's song. Right before that, I do think it's really interesting oh. in the reprise of A Tight-Knit Family, this kind of, like, um, conversation, mm-hmm. fight, battle, whatever, between yeah. Mendel and Marvin, is the, uh, Marvin's like, I want it all, but Mendel's saying, I got it all. Oh, yeah. But you do start to get the sense that Mendel, for all of his flaws as a professional, is a better partner for Trina, or for Trina. Yes. Um, and she does truly start to seem happy, and like she can settle into a life that makes her happy. Um, yes. When she's with him, and it starts to feel like Marvin is be just a barrier to that. You know. And at this song. 
is when I connected more with the set, with those different pieces. They're like moving around like mm-hmm. blocks. It is because she's saying like tired of all the happy men who rule the world. They yeah. talk about like how childish they are and things like this. Yeah. The set is literally children's blocks. toy blocks. Yeah. And they're all playing house. Yes. And and as and when, you, when we get later to uh, make a home, uh, and they actually start decorating it. Yes. It's very much like they are being, like, not that they're being childish, but, like, they are playing pretend in a lot of these relationships that they're having. Yeah. That's being shown by the scene, the, the, like, the set. And, and also... When Which you- is, like, at this point, I was just like, this is... So fucking cool. Yes. Because this is what, like, there was kind of, like, they do, like, different skylines, and they have kind of, like, a castle kind of thing. I was just like, oh, this is, like, little kid blocks. <gasps> That's the point. Yes. <laughs> and they can literally, and, like, the environment is constantly. Their toys are people's lives, these men. Yeah. And, and, and again, you get the sense that Marvin, because Marvin wants it all, it's like Marvin is trying to be the mastermind of the world and of, of his life and just have everything precisely how he wants it and just be able to manipulate the blocks however he wants. And it's just like, okay, but these are other people's lives too, you know? And yeah. and yeah, so um, she just basically reads all men during this song and it's just like the happy men that like rule the world because they have all the power, like take away any opportunity for happiness for me and, and women what like me what what she says during this song i feel like both of us can relate to because we have attraction to men absolutely it's i do stupid how she loves them i'm like yes sometimes i really feel like that like sometimes i really feel like that i am very happy to be in a relationship where i do not feel like that i'm just like oh my god someone that like supports me but there have been times there have been times i'm just like this sucks. Why do I have to be attracted to this uh, gender and the societal implications put thereon? Yeah, yeah, and especially when when you think about like when you're thinking about the implications of like gender roles, and I also think it's interesting how that then uh, I don't I don't want to talk too much about Act Two before we get there, but once we get there, how uh the relationships that women could have with men are then foiled by the relationship that we see between two women you know yeah yeah um and then in this kind of what she's talking about i saw this more of as like a fantasy of hers this next song march of the falsettos yes i saw it yeah i saw it as like the exhibit to her argument like she's she's like reading reading men uh uh in uh in society with her song trina song um and then march of the falsettos is like yeah this is us like caricaturizing um and and showing you exactly what she means and how all of the men that we see in this play and in this musical exactly demonstrate what she's talking about yeah, but I think this is also, it's, like, more nuanced on this. So we get to the song March of the Falsettos, where everything is kind of, like, blacklit. Oh, yeah. And we have, like, the 
the three men and Jason mm-hmm. are dressed in like stereotypical like little boy. Like if you remember that SpongeBob episode, I think it's pre hibernation week specifically, where SpongeBob and Sandy do like extreme sports kind of thing, but there's always the running gag of this one fish. Like they ski past him too fast. They like lift up a building and he's in that like propeller hat, lollipop, suspenders. He's like, Oh, I can explain. They're all dressed like that. Yeah. And it's they are all singing in falsetto. Cheers. Mm, cheers. So I think that's really important because they're matching Jason's kind of like vocal range comparatively to where they are like in their life and they're singing in the modal voice, whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's already bringing it down to being more like childish in nature. But I also think they're just like, it's really referring to during the lyrics the whole time, but like we're manly, we're doing stuff. I think it takes an interesting look on masculinity yeah. in different lenses. And so, and plus how she was saying, Trina is like seeing this as just like, Oh, they're being childish and stuff. And they're like, no, they're saying they're manly and stuff. And they're like, there, there's no like, Oh, this is how to be a man kind of thing is kind of like what the song is playing about. Yeah. Talking about children, talking about like, you know, gay man, like gay men, like effeminate men and kind of thing. This is maybe, someone's perspective of them but this is you know they're just being them there's no like definition to it is what i thought the song was kind of saying yeah and and it again it gets back to it uh to the lyrics of trina's song so one of the lyrics are uh, one of the recurring lines for a song um i'm listening to these men who aren't quite men yet but aren't boys make noise and throw their knives their toys are people's lives um and i do think it's interesting how coming out of that when we get into her reprise, I couldn't tell at first if it was denial and avoidance of that truth that we just explored or acceptance uh, of it and therefore growth beyond it. And I like to think it's the latter. I like to think it's the latter. But at the same time, she says things like ignoring feelings to move, to make this succeed. Uh, but she does also talk about talk I'll about laugh having and hire a, a maid. But she does also talk about having, and have good sex. having a lot of good sex. And I'm just like, you know what? Go get that dick, girl. Go get it. Go get it. Go and kiss, she's girl. Very much like I'll I'll just smile it away. So it's like she's still prescribing to those like so, 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 sociological views. But I feel like it's not to the point where she's breaking down, which is just like because no, at this a point she's aware in the of right it. direction. Yeah, because at this point she's aware of it and she can start to learn and strategize how to navigate it. I think is is how I took that. Um, and speaking of, okay. of navigating and strategizing, we then get to the chess game. I hate this. I hate it. I like okay because <laughs> they have a weird relationship. But I, don't I hate it. toxic gay relationships that are performed so accurately because it <laughs> makes me think back okay raven yes when i'm playing a game video game mario kart mario party board game whatever mm-hmm. what am i trying to do when am i trying to win to the point where no one else has fun no you just you just do like to win i just like to win it gets to a point where i like i i feel like there are I like to be challenged. I mm-hmm. think it's just fun, but, but also, it's only fun when everyone else is having fun. And also in that, you don't just like to win. You like to improve so that you can win more. So you will actively like help other people and teach other people like how to get better so that they can be better competition for you. And I actually kind of like that. Exactly. 
Because you're building Thank other you. people. Because like you're competitive, but you do like you're not competitive. Listeners are going to listen to this, and they're like, people. "This is psycholo- like psychological abuse for X, Y, and Z." But it's fine. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. I'm just naturally good at Super Smash Brothers. It's fine. Oh my gosh. But in this, I've like been in situations that like there's this game that means so much more to them. It's not about the game anymore. It's about exerting your power over another person. Mm. I've been in that kind of situation. And it doesn't go well because I will not prescribe to that and, like, fucking try, bitch. Yeah, and it was interesting because throughout the beginning part of the song, I was, like, this was when I was really, like... So at the beginning when they were, like, it felt more like play fighting. And I was just like, okay, this yeah. is, like, They're this like, is, like, no, a kind of weird... that's not how you move that piece. Yeah, and that's I was like, oh, this is kind of a little weird. And then it's like, they started making some more, like, snide comments. And I was like, oh, y'all have a kind of weird relationship. This doesn't feel totally healthy. And it was like, oh, you're breaking up now. That feels correct. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's very much to Marvin, winning is everything to me. And yes. to Wizard, nothing is everything to me. Let's just be... Yeah, like, let's just live just our lives. So, such a, such a mismatch. And he's like, "Oh, this is what's important to me. This is why I want. This is what I value." Uh, examined every move as we move. Uh, examined every move along the way as we move along. Or I don't know what the line is, but it's just like not talking about the game anymore. About in their relationship, they're just evaluating at everything they do. Yeah, there's something called overthinking. Mm-hmm. I do it a lot. Just be present. Be present. Be mindful. Be situationally aware. Count to ten. Mm-hmm. Breathe. It's Count okay. down from ten. Yes. Um, Make a little origami figure. <laughs> I'm just saying things from my therapy session. Because uh, I need something so, tactile. I need to use my hands for something to get out of my head. That's fair. Um, so they break up and Marvin's basically forces him out he shows him he shows a suitcase at him um and he heads how should i behave i'm just like oh this is hard it's just hard to watch yeah hard to watch featuring tracy Tracy jordan Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) i had the same thought uh so then we get into making a home and i love this because i love i love one seeing in general, seeing couples or people who are able to move so well around each other and just like co- like work together truly and just be coexist well and, and support yes. each other. Yes. Um, and two, I love seeing how comfortable Trina is able to be in her new life with Mendel and how well he is learning to work and live and be with jason and how jason's accepting of him and just how they're all i think forming a family together becoming a family i think the healthiest relationships in this are father son mendel and jason Mm. wizard and jason oh agreed and then sometimes cordelia and wizard (laughs) oh true actually yeah I love sometimes. I love the sometimes. Sometimes. Well, they don't interact a lot. But yeah. Just every time they, they do, I'm just like, there's like, there, there is a understanding that's just like known about them. Yeah. I do find it interesting that uh, they have a family dog and yet all three of them keep hoping that the dog gets out. And it's just like, so then why do they all have a dog? 
Because you see, like this, they they want a Norman Rockwell kind yes. of family. It's just the appearance of it. Let's put books around to show so that, that we, we read. read. <laughs> Which I'm like, so smart. It's like when people they have a TV on the wall, but they put that like art like picture frame around it, so it looks like it could be art. And yeah. I'm just like, who are you trying to fool? Yeah. Um, and you watch Abbott Elementary like the rest of us. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I, I love how earlier we were talking about the set design and the set pieces, um, and how they were kind of like children's toys. I love how now for the first time we do see, yeah, these picture frames, these books, these actual props and like furniture, um, or decorative items coming out to make it look, oh, like this is not just gray blocks that are, can be made into anything. This is a home. Like literally they are making a home together. Um, and, and then, Trina again, is able to actually like set down playing and pretend feel. they're playing family. Oh, I actually interpret it as this is more real. Like Trina, this is like like this is I Trina this actually was a transition set- to that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is her actually being able to feel settled for the first time. But also when they went to one of those blocks and a drawer pulls out, I was just like, Oh yeah. man, function. Yeah, I love, love it. it. Love it. Um, it was really sad though seeing Wizard in the back um, leaving. Um, it just makes it so like. Oh, that fucked me up. Yeah, makes that so much so much more melancholy. Um, and we end up we transition to uh, there's a beautiful like harmony. Uh, the transitions from one song to another are fantastic. By the way, like it's very clear when yeah. one song because ends this and that is one a starts. sung through musical. Yes, uh, like so Sweetie Todd. Very or very any, little. Yeah dialogue yes. like even more so than that but like sung through is very much like sometimes do you like there's just like a lot of dialogue a lot i would, of, like, argue, I would argue there is no strictly spoken dialogue i think everything exactly feels, i think that's yeah that's characteristic of a sung through musical yeah that's that's what i was saying like the yeah um they were saying the but, same thing but so the the transitions the transitions between the songs are, are so good like you it's very clear when one song ends and the next one starts but there's it's also it's simultaneously a smooth transition um and so i think it, that's because of how they manage the set though agreed agreed because you you physically you see the visual transition but it's not because those set pieces are so simple and minimal and they take so little effort to move um it doesn't it's not distracting to watch them moving it around um and so then we get into a sort of solo uh spotlight on wizard as he's leaving um and we get to the the games i play and this is just heart like tugs on your heartstrings um it really lays like Wizard is really laid bare and like you really see like this is him talking about the way he sort of approaches relationships and his like reflecting on his relationship with Marvin and um just how he's feeling in this moment and he really um is sort of openly vulnerable and I thought I felt like up until this point Wizard's character um not necessarily wasn't taken seriously but he was still very much like the male this gives lover. Him another dimension. Yeah, he was still very much like the male lover who just like was cool with the kid. You know what I mean? Um, but now, like he's yeah. again a fully, fully fleshed out person who's having his own story and development, and this is a snapshot of his life too. He's like, do I actually love him? Depends on the day. That it like, if he bets on the horses, he dies by the breeze. 
he thought the divorce was a tribute to him all these like conflicting kind of things it's just like oh i'm a good person but like i do like these like really fucked up things yeah and just like the games that i play like it's a game to him but he's still a that doesn't mean he doesn't want love not not necessarily like a victim yeah but like he still feels the effects of like these interactions with people that yeah. have been trivialized and it's just when he says it hurts not to love him i was like motherfucker mm-hmm. how dare mm-hmm. you sir yeah how dare you it it really it really pulled it really pulled at me um and then uh we get into marvin hits trina or Trina. I wonder what the... Trina. Something Trina. Trina. I keep saying... Because that's... It, when I look at it, is that's how Trina it's Is Trina short for something? Trina is short for something, but it's Not Trina. always. Not always. Trina can, someone can just be named Trina. So, uh, so Marvin has... Wedding uh, invites go out. Wedding invites go out. So Marvin has this, like, outburst of anger uh, that, for me, was very triggering, which I was not expecting. Um, and... He like confronts her about like he is actually marrying him, um, and one of the things he says, "How could you ever deny what we had? Um, because you left me for your gay lover, and now we're because you're not attracted to me. Like because you don't find people of my gender sexually attractive. Like what do you mean? <laughs> it, <laughs> at this point, because like he's broken up with like the uh, presumably the first guy that he's been intimate with. And it's very much so. It's just like, oh, that didn't work. I need to go back to what I had. Yeah. Emphasis on ownership. Yes. And when that's not working out, it's just like. But also, Marvin, you say it yourself because he follows us up like thirty seconds later <laughs> with, "I despise your need for stupid conversation." And it's like, so then that's that. Also, that's why because you don't like me and you don't enjoy spending time with me <laughs> and talking to me. So. And they're just like, this is ridiculous. You understand that. Everyone understands that. And yeah. it's just like, sweet, talking about being sweet and mean is like, do I love? And then we see like the side, like, because Wizard is always just like, oh, do I actually love him? Yeah. We see, do I love him? No. No. And I was just like, oh. And. And I oop. And I oop. And then Marvin slaps her. I've been watching. Yeah. Yeah. And. And he also, well, well, he also hits the blocks. He's like a kid throwing a tantrum. Oh, I, I already. That was the outburst of anger that I was referring to. Oh. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. when he says, he starts to say, baby, you know. I was just like, get the fuck off of my TV screen. Because oh, yeah. I cannot listen to that. Oh. Fuck this yeah. musical. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck this musical. <laughs> Did not enjoy. Um, yeah, and so he he like he like punches the block. He's like kind of, at first I thought he was leaving, and then he comes back around and like like you said he punches the blocks, um, and like kind of whips around and is like yelling and it's just like relax. Um, and then I think Mendel maybe thought he had like deconflicted. Calm down, got him now. Yeah, and then Very he starts to like... walk away. Everyone knows a white boy that has punched a hole in a drywall. Andy from The Office. I was going to say someone we know in real life who has been on this podcast. Oh, well, also, yeah, but I didn't want to out but people we won't add that him. are real in, in the world. 
I just thought it was fun. I don't um, want our listeners to, like, guess. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, and so then he goes back around, <laughs> and he ends up slapping Trina. Or Trina, shit. Uh, he, Trina. Ends, he ends up slapping Trina, and it's, like, again, the, 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 the reactions are so simultaneously realistic and, like, devastating in their realism. Do you see Jason's face the whole time? Yeah, He just looks down. Oh, my god. He doesn't gosh. make eye contact with anyone. And I'm like, this is fucked up. Yeah. Because, because again, like, he's he's an 11-year-old child here witnessing all of this. All of this chaos, you know? Um, and I think it's really interesting when we get into the song, I Never Wanted to Love You. Also, what a song title. Yes. But Trina says, I'm not ashamed to have loved you. Yeah. Because it's not her fault. I mean, it's not, it's, and, and, it's, about, and that's the like, thing. That's the thing. It's never, not anyone's fault that Marvin it's is just gay unfortunate. and that he entered into this marriage before. It's he not unfortunate that, that he's gay, but the situation that how it's how he's how he's dealing with ideal. it and how he's treating the people in his life as a result of that is the problem. It's not ideal that he wasn't able for whatever reason to, to live his life. And it's not ideal yeah. for them to like being lied to and stuff like that. It's yeah. just like. You know what? That's not Life sucks. the best situation. Life sucks sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very, like, never wanted marriage. And just, like, just trying to be, like, stay my friend in this. And they're talking about, like, I am everything he ever wanted. Mm-hmm. And we get to Jason saying, like, my father, like, said this is, like, what's going on. And it kind of, like, gives the impression that he just wanted a kid in all this when he got to a certain point, which is really fucked up. Um, but they just, like, never... It's like, I, I never wanted to love you was their way of saying I didn't mean to hurt you in a way. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. Well, um, I, I think that's true. Because I never Trina. wanted to love you, but I do. Yeah, and I think that's true of Trina in a way, but then when we go over to Wizard, um, and he, I feel like his, when he's saying, I never wanted to love you, um, I, I don't know, I didn't get the same vibe from it. Like, I felt like it was yeah, more of it's like, like... That's not why I was in this relationship. Yeah. I was very clear about why I was I was very clear about what I was looking for. I like for. sex and money, and I'm like, oh, go off, Wizard. <laughs> like, I was, I was great. not, not even yeah. just I was very clear, but like, I, I kind of... I know what I was looking for out of life and, and I wasn't trying to be with the role that you, again, the role in the, in the relationship that you forced, that you tried to force me into. Uh, but also can someone get my man wizard a glass of ice water and out of this leather jacket because it's real hot under the stage lights and he's sweating some bullets. Oh my God. <laughs> he is emotionally distraught Raven. Uh, it's acting. <laughs> And and that is evident. Um, okay, then and then we with this, we get to the song Father, Father to, son, to Son, which, is, which like, is like the first time he's like recognizing his son's feelings. Because you, but also, also, this. we did see the devastation and the and the almost fear on even Marvin's face when he hit Trina, um, and I think that was that was part of the catalyst of him being like, oh shit, okay, wait, that just ha- like I just did that. The we, I need to. Something I'm I'm the problem here, you know, yeah. Um, and this is the first time we hear it. Not chess is the most beautiful thing in the world, but girls, girls. Are. And and he a lot of times he's like, kid, be my son. Mm-hmm. 
what I've like done to you is rotten. And he's just like, he's talking about how he's just been stuck where he doesn't want to be. He hasn't been singing his own song, but he loves you. Mm-hmm. This here is love, them communicating with each other. I was just like, oh, that's great. Yeah. This is great parenting. Yeah, this is yes. it's just like this love isn't just this you ignore things like a bad biography, yeah. but it's these moments of connecting with one another. And, and like is... I like fatherly advice, I want you to take love slower. Yes. Like you're going to be a man soon enough, which he's just like then has a mini, like, oh my god. He's growing up in front of my eyes. Mm -hmm. But, like, sing for yourself whatever your song is. Like, be you. Here are my experiences. This is where I failed. This is what I'm learning from it. I am proud of you. I love you. Like, I am connecting with you. I see you for the first time. Because otherwise, Jason seemed like a prop to his dad in this act. Yeah, and this was the the first moment that... Marvin even felt like a person that was a parent, you know, oh. in this play. And it's just like, oh, okay, so you actually are a, a father and someone who, like, spends, like, actually spends time advising and, and nurturing and raising your child. Um, yeah. For sure. And so, yeah, by the, by the end of this song, I was just like, I literally wrote, I was like, I'm not crying, you're crying. Because this was so, like, just wholesome and sweet. And I was like, okay, Marvin, you're, you're, you're kind of making some steps in the right direction now. Um, so that's the end of Act 1. Um, do we want to take, like, a, a little break, like, make our second or third drink, I guess, before we go into Act 2? Granted. Thank you. Be right back. Burp. Campbell, do you remember being back in, like, third grade and having, like, music class and learning to play the recorder and, like, hot cross buns? Fun fact. So, you know I know... A lot of wind instruments. I physically was mm-hmm. not able to play the recorder. My teacher told me just to stand there at the concert. But yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. <laughs> that's so. That's so. That's so sad. It's okay. I can play the bassoon. Okay? I've gotten over it. I don't feel bad about it. That's fair. I suppose. Okay. Well, we'll we'll move on. Put a pin in that. Um, <laughs> put put a pin in that. Boop. Um. So. Unfortunately enough, uh, there are students all across the country that have never before had a general music education class and don't have the ability or the opportunity to access music education um, and get the chance to learn tons of different wind instruments um, or even just the recorder. And that's why we are partnering with Education Through Music, which is an organization that partners with low-income schools in New York City to provide students better access to music education. Also, 53% of New York City schools do not have a music teacher on faculty full-time. So, Education Through Music also provides weekly music education by putting qualified music teachers into these schools. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the reasons this is so important is because motivation for learning means motivation for staying in school. And a lot of the students that are able to be involved in these music programs report that they have uh, attended school when they otherwise would have skipped um, or like stayed in school when they otherwise like wouldn't have wanted to stay specifically because they were looking forward to music class or they were looking forward to ensemble um, and, and getting to learn um, specifically about music. And you can support and learn more at p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. That's p2p.onecause.com slash boozicals. And help out. Do you have an instrument that you've neglected and now it hates you? Do you have too much money and think, hey, this can go to a good place? 
Neither applies to me, but I want to talk to you about the Dodario Foundation. They believe in the transformative power of music and that mentoring and building communities through music can positively affect social change. 100% of every dollar raised goes directly to support efforts to get kids involved in community music programs, acquire and maintain instruments, provide college scholarships, and support new innovation in music education. You can learn more and donate at www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. That's www.dodariofoundation.org slash about slash donate. Hey there, listeners. Pop quiz. Who was your favorite teacher in school? Did it happen to be someone who inspired a movie? Did that movie later change the world? Because that's exactly what happened with Mr. Holland's opus, the story of the profound effect a dedicated music teacher had on generations of students. The composer for the film, Michael Kamen, later started the Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation in 1996 as his commitment to the future of music education. Today, the foundation works with schools nationwide to audit their music education programs, supply quality instruments, train teachers on basic instrument repair, and even offer customized consulting to make sure the school's program fits their students' needs. The impact of this foundation now ensures that hundreds of thousands of kids across the country are granted access to learn and play music in school, keeping music education alive and well. If you're interested in supporting their mission, you can donate online, over the phone, or even while you shop Amazon or eBay. Visit mhopus.org slash donate to learn more. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. I also made a double this time. Oh, hell yeah, girl. Yeah. Hell yeah. Mm. Delicious. Mm. Act do. Two years later. Uh, uh, we get into... Topical. It is now the 1980s. I believe it's 1981. Um, and we enter yes. in to Act Two on the song Falsetto Land. Um, it's very Toy Block Castle. Yes. Um, and so they have these little, like, kind of turrets and towers up. Uh, we're talking about the Reagans. Uh, Reagan is now in the White House, which, gross. Um, Jason is turning oh, 13. Oh, and then, yeah, yeah, Nancy Reagan, who is the thinnest and the meanest of the First Ladies. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I um, love how they also, like, it's presented, like, first by Mendel, and then they talk about, like, their teeny tiny band means a lot of things through this musical. Yes. At first, it also talks about the pit, the orchestra pit, where yes. they had those, like, little signs. And they had to do a shout-out really to like. that. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, we so said there's Vedim Vechnar, who is the conductor. He also played the piano. There's David Gordos that played the keyboard. And there's Reed's Rick, who... There's, on <laughs> Reed's Rick. It's Rick... <laughs> Heckman, who plays the reeds. That's cool. <laughs> what like a that. world. And then on drum like slash percussion, there's Jay Mack. And as someone who has been in the orchestra pits, and it's like the most fun. It's like yeah. one of my favorite high school moments. Specifically, I think it was for Sweeney Todd. Mm-hmm. I had like reeds one, so I had to play clarinet and bassoon, but yeah. I was next to a trumpet player. So it was, I was next to CJ, and we quietly next to each other would play like like card games like stuff when we didn't have to vamp when it was just like vocal stuff and it was just uh shout out to cj i hope you're doing well a fellow member of the cj club because i'm also a cj Mm -hmm. do you know what's rule number one of the cj club what we have to love each other unconditionally (laughs) oh i love that yeah i haven't talked to him in years it'd be like that or the other cjs 
<laughs> um, there's four of us in March Band. So they catch us up on what has <laughs> happened in the past two years. Um, so basically, getting ready Marvin, for our bar mitzvah. Yeah, Jason is turning thirteen, so they're planning his bar mitzvah. Um, Marvin and, and yeah. Trina. He's twelve and a half now. Yes. Um, so Marvin and Trina have kind of come to like a truce, and they're like, "Look, we're going to try this co-parenting thing. We're going to try to be, you know, Let's, mature yeah. adults, you know." who are now separated. Um, Trina and Mendel are the fully best cemented. introduction. The lesbian neighbors next door. character. The spiky lesbians from next door. Love it. I'm I love here them for it. So much. When I saw that I was just like that's what this was missing. Yes. Um it's because then... I mean Tracy Toms and Betsy Wolf like in act 2 they felt like they were a part of the entire musical. That's how yeah. present they were. Yeah. It almost felt weird that they weren't there before. Yeah. Yeah. And it got um, really stressful with the castle that Mar- Marvin was kind of pushing it over. So and then still he symbolizing knocks that, you know. He's still the yeah. he's still the linchpin, like uh, the squeaky wheel that needs the grease, kind of. Um, and he ends up knocking the set over. But then, like, that is also intentional. Well, obviously it's intentional because uh, it was choreographed. But, like, then that then becomes the <laughs> set that they are sitting on and, like, utilizing. And it's still symbolizing how they are. To me, it's still symbolizing how they're, like, still moving forward and like building a family and a community with each other out of this chaos and out of the, the kind of yes. rubble that was their lives after the divorce and everything that happened in act one. Yeah. And then yeah. we, we get into about time and we see this truce. We see that, um, you know, the friends that they're having, like Dr. Mm-hmm. Charlotte is like, they're, we're seeing these different relationships that's going on. We see that he has a son on the weekends, every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, that he's no longer Marvin's psychiatrist, only on Jewish holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just very much going to be love is not a crime. Like, I wish I was mature as my 12 and a half year son. Yes. Just kind of catching us up before we get into the year of the, the child. The year of the child, which is... Which is such a... Parents putting expectations on a child without any kind of input or consideration. That's what I was looking for. And also I saw this as parents pouring themselves into and focusing on their child as a way to almost escape their own, the things that they're dealing with. Like, like the, the, uh, this is the last loving thing we will do together. Like we will do together. Yes. Because it's like, oh, because I hope we don't have to do anything like this in the future. Or, like, we can just, we'll be able to make it and keep up this facade through that. Yes. And then once this is over, like, it it truly is over, kind of, you know. Um, But question for you, Raven. Who is catering? Cordelia's catering. The fun lesbian next door. One of them. She's so much fun. As someone who lives in a place that has fun lesbians next door. Love it. It's a great time. Love it for you. Um, so we think into the miracle of Judaism. Yes, which and it's the mir- the true miracle is that I can invite girls invite girls to my like. bar mitzvah. But here's yes. the thing because so I think he- it's really fun. the The previous song is very much establishing that the bar mitzvah is not about Jason. Correct. It's about everyone else. Here's an uh-huh. opportunity for Cordelia to cater. This yep. is a, uh, opportunity for this weird pi- power dynamic between Trina and Marvin. Yep. 
I love the conga line that's mm-hmm. like, oh, that we're partnering. Jason is not a part of it. Correct. And we're going to be spending billions on it. And they're like, they're saying they're more excited that they should be about this kind of deal. And the true miracle is there's some girls I like. And it's interesting. Who can I because... invite that won't be embarrassed by my family or this other, you know, yeah. the bar mitzvah. The, the also, the fact in, that I'm like reading, blah, blah, blah. yeah, the fact that I'll be like reading Hebrew and like all that stuff. Um, bar mitzvahs are fun. I've never been to one, but I really, I feel like I would like. I never, I've never had at really that fun. at that age of my life. I best, did not have Jewish friends. They have the best party favors. Like I've heard, um, but. The thing, you know, he's talking about, like, the girls that he likes. He's like, the girls that I like wear makeup. And I'm just like, okay, sure. There are a lot, there's some 13-year-olds out there that wear makeup and smoke. And I was like, um, Hell yeah. concerned. <laughs> so we, then um, we get into the baseball game. Where he does not know how oh, to swing Oh, he's so bad. It's okay. Bat. I'm not good at sports, but I know how to swing a bat. See, I just have bad hand-eye coordination. That's why I did soccer. Um, but You have the, good foot-eye coordination. Correct. And they, so they're sitting there like, so we're, we're watching, we're watching Jewish boys who don't know how to play baseball, play baseball. And, um. And they're just like, it's weird how he swigs that, right? <laughs> like, the that's not correct. The most errors they've ever seen. I can't here's, tell you how excited I was when I saw Wizard come. Here's my thing. I was like. Wizard and Marvin have been broken up for over two years at this point. Or just yes. about two years. Why does Jason have contact information for him? Independently. Neither of his parents knew that he was coming. You can tell that the relationship he has gone to him from advice, like when he first seeing his psychiatrist mm-hmm. dad. But I don't question it because Jason's a smart a smart cookie. Which is not the phrase. It's a cookie, or it's it's a phrase. Tough cookie. Tough cookie. You can be a smart cookie. I've said I've called someone a smart cookie before. Uh, Marvin is horny. In other news, uh, Wizard shows up and he's immediately like, "Ooh, what are you doing here? Can no, I no, can I touch sucks. your hair?" I, no, no, I hate that. No, it wasn't that I touch your hair. He was seeing as like, oh, the one imperfection I know about him. Let me mm. keep on calling him out. It's been two years and you're still trying to criticize. That's so fucking toxic. I hate it. Yeah, it's and bad. it's just like, why? Are you, what are you doing here? It's just like, oh, he invited me, and he's actually the only one paying it. Like, really trying to help him. He's just like, you know, I like baseball. This is how you do it. You yeah. work on this kind of thing. And then when he goes back to sit with people, and Marvin's being the fucking creep, he is spending all his time on Wizard and yep. not watching, not paying his any attention son. to his son. Yeah. Um. When the bases are loaded and he hit a really good hit that I'm assuming resulted in a Grand Slam. Is a Grand Slam only when you hit a home run? Uh, no, no, no. I think a Grand Slam is specifically when you hit a home run when the bases are loaded. Yeah. The comedic timing is fabulous. Because because he's like standing there because he's like, oh my god, I hit it. And they're just like, run. (laughs) And I love Charlotte is very much just like... That was a terrible call. This ref doesn't know what he's doing, or this umpire doesn't know what he's doing. I was just like, good. You're involved. You care. You care. And I appreciate it. Because that. his dad doesn't. Nope. Nope. 
He's trying to get some dick. Uh, a day in false Sutherland. Um, this is sad. Uh, so we see basically uh, each. We're kind uh, of seeing each of the uh, another look into each of the characters, um, and uh, an exploration of the current stage of each of their relationships. So Marvin and Mendel Wizard, first. Oh yeah, so Mendel Mendel first. Um, As a therapist, this is this is where I actually sorry. wrote down. Should Mendel be a psychiatrist? And I wrote psychiatrist slash therapist because he's been acting, he's acting like he's a therapist. Because um, he's straight up, like, he's talking to this one client, totally, like, not taking her seriously or, or doing the things I would generally expect of a mental health professional. Um, and th- she has this line, now that I've got the promotion, can I stop sleeping with my boss? And he's just like, you know what? I'm not gonna touch that. Time's up. Yeah. And she's and like, before he's like, Diane. She's like, it's Caroline. <laughs> it's Caroline. Oh, and fun. he was just like on in the '60s. Everyone was free. Everyone was standing up for each other because, but then because of Reagan, everyone's just out for themselves. There's these yuppies with not real problems. Yeah, it's very self-serving. Because she's he's like you can tell that he feels one like of he's been he's left behind. About is that. She's complaining about like, oh, everywhere you turn, someone's asking for a donation or someone's at or like homeless people are asking for handouts or like stuff so, like that. Instead of it's just like people keep on asking me for this stuff and instead of like a lot of people need help. A lot of people need help. And yeah. that's like the division that started off in like, you know, trickle down economics. Yes. Um so then But when then we, we go to Trina at home. Yes, we go to Trina at home. Um Jazzercising. She is, uh, they seem sexually frustrated as a couple, currently. Or at least he is, and she is maybe not feeling enough attention? I don't know. She seems frustrated, just not in the same way that he is. Yeah. Yeah, but they seem not on the same wavelength, so there's a little little bit of friction there. Uh, but the thing that I do like about their, about their relationship is that we still don't get the sense that there is abuse or like emotional negligence or anything going on in their relationship it's just like yeah this is a, a thing that heterosexual on. couples a lot of times have friction on you know Th- I mean? things are being neglected and the attention's not being given to certain areas that would be helpful yes yes um and then we move to marvin and wizard and they are playing racquetball oh i thought before them was the lesbians from next door Oh, I guess I wrote the note about the lesbian one, the lesbian side uh, side thing uh, after my note about Marvin and, and Wizard. So I got oh wow, up. misogynistic, interesting. Uh, uh, but th- but this is where okay, so we yeah, we talk right. about Charlotte Charlotte and Cordelia first. Uh, but this is where I was talking about the alternating dynamics between yes um, yes between them because there's a moment where and maybe this is just how I interpreted this, but there's uh here. Charlotte is talking about her work and she's like comes home from work and she's like oh yeah like the the day was great like I saved all these lives like we didn't like as many First people didn't die as that no one that died. no one died like I saved lives like things are going great and like I'm in I'm I'm in love and like I have I'm in a good relationship and like I'm happy and my life is amazing and I, I save lives for a living you know and I feel great just and heart attacks gallstones and pesticides like <laughs> up, up people's asses 
and and the tone that or the re the, the reaction that Cordelia had like her body language and the way she was responding to Charlotte um it gave me the sense uh that like it was something about the tone of, of how she responded that gave me the sense that Cordelia was maybe a little resentful um yes that of, of saving lives not, between saving chicken fat yes like she she feels like there's a sense that she feels like oh my work or what i do and contribute to society isn't as important or maybe Charlotte, maybe even charlotte doesn't think that it's as important as what she does i think this is really important because it's i don't think from anything we've seen that charlotte has shown that she doesn't Agreed. think it's as important or anything like that but i just, just think like an has that like as it's an insecurity yes. kind of thing and that kind of dynamic is really really important and Agreed. i've seen a lot in like a lot of like relationships where you know you want to be supportive and happy and like the person I love so much is doing amazing things. Yes. And I just don't feel like up to snuff in relation. Yes. But that's not like, if you're still in that relationship, that's not why necessarily they're with you. That's not what they necessarily value saying. They're not valuing you in that respect. Yeah. But I think it was a really real personification of something that happens and the feeling a lot of people have in Cordelia. Yeah. Um, yeah, racquetball. Um, oh, yeah. And it's very much take out the f sexual frustrations by oh, yeah. racquetball. And it's not, I don't know if it was meant to be subtle. It's not, if it was. Oh, no, no. I don't think it was. I don't think so. Um, One, two, three, four. But the, but the choreography, like the Kiss. blocking, the blocking of all of them and like how it ends with like all of them. I believe that they know they know how to play racquetball. That's oh, good acting. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was it was so good, and, like in the coordination of like the sound effects and everything. Like it really, it really looked like they were playing racquetball. Um, and then like how it ended with like all the couples, and you see them like staged, um, and you see all of their different dynamics directly being compared against each other. Um, it's it's we just, see it's very just much so Marvin's like. All I want is you, and we get to like. Mendel and Trina said before, like everything is going to be all right. That they're all kind of singing that together. It's like everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then we get into the fight. Oh, um, love it. So the apple bombs. We have to like lock them down. Yeah, and so Trina is saying like, "Oh, we should invite the apple bombs," and Marvish is like, "Why would we invite them?" Like blah blah blah. And it's just, it it's again another petty thing, like something that doesn't matter. That like escalates into a fight and yeah. so then jason of course is caught in the middle of this and he's like well fine let's just not have the bar, the bar mitzvah and then we get into everybody everyone hates his parents <laughs> which is like which i this, these are the times that i love mendel because mendel like literally trina and marvin are going at it and mendel and then just like, steps in and he's like fuck out of here and he's literally like okay 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 let's just you move anywhere the fuck else he jason. takes the comical <laughs> stage super long crook shepherd's crook yes and gets them off stage. <laughs> and he's trying, Mendel is trying so hard throughout all of to this like, to talk just to keep Jason, as a Jason sane. Like, to he's just, just like, hey, okay, it's understandable that you hate them. Yes. But Everyone hates in their parents reality, a little bit. <laughs> when you grow up, you hate them less. And that's what's called love. That's and Yeah, and also that's like life, you know, growing up. History has shown this. <laughs> this is the <a> thing. <laughs> 
and then it's just and then like the guilt tripping that we see from like you know four Jews bitching in a room or whatever the yes. song is called and it's just like talking about like guilt and things like that and Marvin's just like you're gonna kill your mother if you're gonna tell her that I'm just like Jesus oh, Christ yikes. like this guilt trip is it's wild biblical they, they, they literally say because <laughs> it's right it's another time right before middle steps and like uh, Trina literally says like better that you uh, literally kill me than that you embarrass me in front of like guests and Mendel's and Mendel again is just like okay 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 let's just stop that <laughs> yeah again get the fuck out get the fuck and, out you're and not just helping. very much just like and he's just like you're killing your mother and Avenger is like okay I understand why you hate your parents yeah. I see it I see I get I'm a psychiatrist <laughs> I'm a psychiatrist so get out parents and he's just like, okay, everyone's oh. going to be all right. Let's just be like, all oh, like, you know, I'm talking to you. Like, as you, you know, I got them out of there, lands the dismount and does the funniest cartwheel I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That's probably better than one that I can. And then he, uh, Jason's very much like, okay, I understand what you're saying. Flip me. And he does. Yeah. So it's just like that kind of motion and communi- dance communication with each other. They're like, they're on the same page. Yeah. And, and you like. see that Mendel, like, it does truly seem to be helping Jason. Like, Jason is truly, like, th- like, like, perking up and actually being able to move through the situation and not, like, break down and freak out. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so then we get into... What more can I say? The the first time. Yeah. It's just yeah, very much. It's Marvin, Marvin like in bed with wizards. So yeah. they have had sexual relations. Mm-hmm. And, and I was like, oh, I was not expecting to see that, but it makes sense. Um, Which I heard from my present company. Let's see that dick. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it's, it's Marvin kind of musing on his feelings about wizard and like, is this love like compared what, what, to what is first that? Act. Yeah. And like, what does that mean? If it is, you know, it's just like such a tender moment that he's just, he's confused by their happiness. Yeah. Like, and I, like he's like, if I say that I love you, it feels like it would be cheap. Mm-hmm. Like just based on like how things have happened before, but like, I'm glad he's mine. And, and like, it, and it also, because, because we've heard, wizard seeing the games that i play and also interest the dynamic of like if i were to say i love him what would that mean and how would he respond to that you know like because yeah. is that he, like that's not really what he's looking for you know and it's very much like we like you know having that instead of like analyzing every move as they move along like act one it's just like oh we've just been having fun let's think about that We've, I guess we've had more times good than not. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And it's just, I really appreciate he lifts up the covers, looks at his dick, because, like, that's fun. <laughs> we've all been there. We have all been there. Um, sometimes I just want to look at it. Um, and he's just like, he's like, you know what? We're going to take it day by day. Yeah. And then we get into something bad is happening. Yes. Um, where... Dr. Charlotte's just, like, going over these medical files, the news, yep. and things. Like, something is going on. I was just like, ugh. Yep. This is where we're going to bring AIDS into this and HIV, and this is where it's going to devastate me. This was this was the moment where... Because yep. I think it also says a lot to... This is where I thought about you a lot, Raven, and hmm, how certain um, 
career aspirations you've talked about like becoming a veterinarian getting your master's of public health really understanding like or researching and being an expert in cross-species like diseases and kind Mm -hmm. of things yeah where say for example for a lot of people this may be more that they would understand with like covid where how a lot of like countries governments things like that are just like oh it's not a problem but it was a problem yeah so they're just kind of shying away from the fact and that's exactly what happened to america in the hiv aids crisis where it's just like oh it's not a problem and the government fully just did not respond to it they didn't respond and she was like why is no one responding to this yeah this is a problem everyone can see it and it's just like oh my god and then yeah. like fucks me up and then, and then like, immediately home, talks yeah. about it with like cordelia, cordelia and cordelia is just seeing it and like even with herself she looks at this stuff and she was like this that seems concerning up. yeah this is this is bad and then so you've had a was... bad day da, 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 whatever the day and... her song is and we and then we go to more racquetball and we're back with marvin and, and wizard and they get to the end of their, or they're, they're in their match, and Wizard becomes incredibly winded, and he's not able to, like, peak he can't, playing. You can't be like, one, two, three, four. It's like, one, two, three, one, yeah. two. And just, like, at that point, you and know, it's like, like, oh, oh he's no. sick. Yeah, and, and then just like, I didn't Wizard think I was watching Pose. This wasn't rant. Yeah. I should have assumed with the time period and the subject matter, but, like, I wasn't ready for it in then, more racquetball when this yes. is happening. And just, like, he falls. And, like, at the same time, he's like, are you going to let me win? What are you doing? Stop. You're trying to get out of here. You're such a sore loser. And then, like, his lover is just, like, you know. I, I am not Dying. Lying. And I'm just yeah. like, you are a piece of shit. Yeah. I, I wanted to be, like, like given the benefit of the doubt, be like, maybe he didn't no. understand the gravity. Like, maybe he didn't understand the how. The gravitas. Yeah. Maybe he didn't realize, like, like it was Define that bad. Gravitas. I love that. Um. <laughs> And so, then like he help he helps him up and and they and they helps him out and they go to the doctor, uh, and then we go to holding to the ground. Okay, this, this song, song, motherfucker. Oh my this, gosh, I literally is, had no this? notes. I was speechless the whole time. Oh, I have a lot of notes, um, but this I is very thoughts. much okay. Um, her mother presenting these societal expectations to yeah. Trin who is singing this song is just like what life should be what how it should go and everything like doesn't go according to plan Mm -hmm. she's trying to hold on to the ground where everything is interrupted the earth is shaking and she's just trying to hold on to what she knows yeah and it's very much she's like not like she's trying to live her life have that fantasy have this family that is expected of her but the million things are running in the way that she does care about is just like okay but a part of this that's unsettling to my core mm-hmm. is that the lover of my ex-husband who left me is dying. And yeah. I don't know how to respond to it. I don't know how to feel of it, feel about it because she does like him. Yeah. I don't know how to explain this to my son who has a relationship to him. And it's just like trying not to care because she can't upset the balance that she as a wife as a woman during this time period is supposed to be juggling Mm -hmm. and this is the part where they go away from like the blocks the child toys scenery 
to a hospital room. And we have like an actual hospital they are no bed longer and table playing and family, playing pretend. Life is real now. Like it is. Life is them. real now, and it's just so sick yeah. how they do that. Yes, uh, the line. Loved it, hated it. I cried about it. Like life is never what you planned. Life is moments you can't understand, and that is life. And that really feels like uh, the message or like a like a thesis of of this musical of like what do you what do you do when life happens to you like keeping my balance square trying not to care about this man who marvin loves but that's my life he shared my life yes that's my life like like wanting to just not even wanting to just move on but wanting to continue charting the course that you always thought your life would be but realizing that things have happened that you had no control over. Like, she had no control over the fact that her husband was actually gay. And she had no control over the fact that he met this man that he fell in love with and that that man has now contracted HIV. You know, it's just like, and what is she going, like, and, and, and again, I just, I love being able to dive into these explorations and really see how she's emotionally coping with this. And it feels like, especially as we get further through this, um, like a couple songs later we get like the canceling before mitzvah and stuff the way the musical uses the parental characters in this movie or sorry the way the musical uses these parental characters to almost try to teach the audience how to deal with life's unexpected moments you know this fucks me up right then we get to days like this and yes. where marvin sees wizard okay whoever the makeup artist was for oh this. My and gosh. also like you really need to go fuck yourself andrew Reynolds, because uh how dare you <laughs> act this way and <laughs> oh be like motherfucker the fun cool gay lover is now like broken and you see that so clearly visually, and and, and just like say you look good, they're being very hopeful, and you're like, and, yeah, and you that's look like also the, that's the also humor the that's a part of it pisses me off. Why? In a good way. Oh, because okay. I'm a human with emotions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, because like, because like, and you see like this. Not is that it's bad because it's good. Yeah, because they're <laughs> saying like, oh, on this day, like you actually like you're on. It feels like you're on the road to recovery. Like we can almost believe that there's a God, and it's like, but he's still like you can still tell the toll that the disease is taking yeah. on him, um, and that like, and then there might oh. not be any hope. And then like Cordelia comes in and she she has like all the, the orders that she's been. Ugh, smells so bad. Ugh. So then... And then, um, I thought it was so funny because then, um, Mendel and Trina come in and they were, like, yeah. talking about, like, parking and stuff like that. It was just like, yeah, I've gotten better at, like, city parking. It's like... And, like, you think they would have moved the fire. Avoid... They would have moved the fire... Like, it seems like fire trends moved and stuff and Cordelia is, like, laughs at that. She's like, what? Nobody laughs. I like like that. It was a really good character <laughs> moment that like really soli- soli- solidified Cordelia for me. Yes, and also it felt like kind of trying to like almost like almost like nervous laughter, like nervous conversation, like trying to yeah. fill the fill the space and fill like the air. Have a moment of uh, brevity, levity, brevity. levity, levity. Um, and, and, and they do have another moment like that where they're just like, let's just talk about the weather. Like, let's just talk about anything else than the And then Jason comes in and is like, wizard, you look Dear God, you look horrible. Yeah, you're (laughs) dying. You want to play some chess? And he's like, I do want to play some chess. Yeah. 
And um, so, um, and he's just like, he's like, okay, I'll let you win. He's like, don't let me win. He's like, okay, I'll let you win. Which is like, even Jason's just like, I don't believe in God. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. even the kid that every, just like, everyone's praying to something that they don't believe in. There's no, like, faith, I guess, from everyone. Well, and yeah, just like literally the line um it almost makes you believe in god yeah it almost believe yeah jason says that too and that yeah. bump and i was like oh yeah things are not going well for jason's role models yeah um, and when and then it gets even it gets even harder because then we get into canceling the bar mitzvah and as they're leaving this is a conversation that trina and Mendel Mendel and trina. are having yeah. with jason of like hey like this we know that this is this is hard for us too we know that this is really hard for you specifically because of your relationship with wizard but like we need to take a step back like the venue is booked for the, the bar mitzvah. like the the band is booked we like cordelia is working on the catering like at the end of the day we need to make a decision do you want to cancel the bar yeah. mitzvah or do you want to Any, keep, like, yes or no there's no it. wrong answer there's no right it's just no like wrong. do you want to it's like do you want to do this no do you want us to do this no and they're like you know what no we'll let you decide to, kind of yeah. thing and then he says well why can't we just wait until wizard is better and, and then this is where tears Mendel, start and again i feel like the, the role yeah because Mendel is just like well but there's we don't have any guarantee that he's going to get better. And this is where like the holding to the ground lyrics kind of come back. Cause they even have a holding to the ground reprise at the end of this, um, of like life is just unplanned moments uh, and you have to figure out how you're going to respond to it. And like, I think this that was a really powerful moments. part of this musical. Like that, like line. absolutely. Yeah. Of like, sometimes people get sick and they don't get better and you have to figure out what you're going to do about that and how you're going to move yeah. forward. And I think it's really interesting because Mendel is saying, Hey, what if we were honest with them and be like, we don't have the answers. And I thought that was like a really yes. cool moment for him. That was just like, you're a good stepdad and things happen. This is honestly, this is about being like bar mitzvah where you become a boy, go from a boy to being a man. Honestly, this is and, the first part of it that like people about. you care about die. Yes. Yeah, and and I really think that in a movie that or I keep calling it, I mean it kind of it's recorded, but um in a in a story that focuses that does a lot to show where Marvin fails as a father, um I think it's or fails as a parent. I think it's really important to show how Mendel succeeds as a yes. parent and it's in these moments where he's just he, this is what he's I saying want, to Trina, this is like, what I have. Because yeah, and I think so many parents because because people children a lot of children look to their parents as having all the answers, as being the superheroes of their world. And there's something to be said for the parents that can say to their children, I don't have all the answers. Like I, 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 I I'm dealing with this. I'm a person dealing with this just like you are and part of life is that you know and we kind of have to just be here for each other and i really like that mindle is just honest with yeah. him and know? then we get to the song unlikely yeah. lover where they like kind of reflect and it's like did you yeah he, uh marvin was just like did you think we'd ever be together he's like here. you want me honestly answer that and he's like i haven't died yet and it's just very much like oh. i'm gonna stay by your side like i don't care you were going to be holding each other you are my lover this is like 
who I want to be with, go to bed, I will be here, I love you, with some, like, humor, of course, like, put into there. Um, But, like... Yeah, and then, like, they're just, like, holding each other. And this is the part that, like, really fucks me up. And he's just like, oh, maybe he's tired. And they have, like, these... Then we have Charlotte and Cordelia that come in, and they're, like... They're they're four lovers. And I think this is Mm -hmm. a really, really momentous uh metaphoric song for especially for Mm. queer like just community where they like you know understand each other unlike a lot of the other relationships in this musical and they're like no we're unlikely lovers i love you we are in this together for old friends for unlikely lovers let's be scared together this is awful, but, like, I love you. And those, like, small interactions between each of them out of, like, the four of them is just, like, yeah. so well done that I was just, like, crying so, like, a lot that I just, like, thought of. Because you just think back of, like, you know, people you've gone through strife with or, like, people that are in your yeah. life, like, loved ones that have gone through similar strife that you just, like, mm-hmm. get to a point where... Like, not that, like, was it worth it or it's a, it's a point of reflection about those things that you are able yeah. to understand with only these people and no one else. And I was just like, exactly. motherfucker. <laughs> I was I like, love, yeah. fuck and I up. And I really love the fact oh, that uh, towards the end of the song, they, they all say, I love you twice. And the first time they say I love you, it's not to their partners. Like Cordelia says it to Delia and Wizard say it to each other. And then uh, Marvin and Charlotte say it to each other. And again, just that that sense that sense of community and especially specifically placed within within the setting of um, the AIDS the AIDS pandemic and in AIDS a crisis. hospital. Um, <laughs> In the hospital, like, and, and the role that uh, the lesbian community played um, in supporting the LGBT community in general uh, during that time, like, it's just such a powerful moment. Oh, yeah. fuck no. And then um, we get to another miracle of yeah. Judaism. Another miracle of Judaism, yeah. Um, where he's just, he just like, praying, just, just like, help his friend. And I was just like, this is the point like, where I just, like, If there is stop. a God, can you just let my friend not die? And, yeah. Um... And then we get to something bad is happening reprise, um, and this oh, is I think where you. they actually the first time they say the words. Yes, but it's was AIDS. Charlotte yeah. saying to Marvin get tested? That's what I because thought. the the a lot because, of the words were I think, like I think infectious, first, like a lot of people it's spreading like men men to men yeah i i thought this was them saying like oh at first like a lot of men have been getting sick and 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 wizard was one of the men that also got sick and he's going to die but also oh now we specifically know that this is hiv uh leading to aids and that is contagious and you should get tested as his partner so yeah i i, I think that's and then we go the we go really to was. the you know the lights the airy, the breezy, the good time song. You gotta die some. You gotta die sometime. Which, and ooh, the sheer existential. Yeah, you know, because it starts off as like, you know what, this gotta happen. So I wanna like go off like on top and stuff. Like everyone dies kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and like trying but then to it's like, why was I chosen it? specifically for that? Like life sucks. Like that's yeah. the ball game. Like, okay, I get it. I quit. And he's like, 
to go out without care is the last mountain I climb. And he's just like, that I'll climb the last mountain I climb. And he's saying it over and over and over again, convincing himself to like accept that he's dying. Fucked me yeah. up so fucking much. And it's just like, Andrew, like, if you're listening to this out there, like, how fucking dare you? I was having a really good weekend. <laughs> and on yeah. this Sunday morning when I was watching this, I was just like, how dare you? Sunday morning, the rain is falling. Oh. 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 Um, but yeah, like, especially as he, as he starts to, like, break down towards the He's end. And it's that, exist- it's-, it's that existential dread of, like, yeah, you gotta sometimes, like, like being the, the human condition, the nature of being alive is that you will die. And so part of you is like, I mean, yeah, it, it, it was going to happen, but why does it have to happen now? Why am I, like, why do I have to be one of the people dying from this disease? What does this mean for my life? Like, why couldn't I have lived longer? What would that have the meant prime for of me? His life. And, like, and, like, processing all of that at once and just, again, being a member of the audience and watching a watching a human portray a person experiencing that and like and diving into what that what sort of state you would be in in that moment yeah you know? and so i was crying a lot for this and then we get to the song jason's mm-hmm. Poor mitzvah for sure um i was just like seriously i was just like i had so audibly where it was just like i would have my bar bits for here i was just like oh <laughs> it's just like evoked such pure emotion for me that it, it fucked yeah. this musical fucked me up raven oh and so yeah it, it was gut tough. punch that's what this was and uh the only bright spot of this scene i have been living for all of charlotte's outfits this entire oh, absolutely. Act. And she continues to. She deliver. thought she was overdressed, but also I thought you were going to say that like Cordelia is like I was planning for two hundred people. We have seven, and now there's seven. <laughs> Try these, eat these, and they taste it. And like Charlotte's like, oh my god, it's good. Thank God, like, the food's amazing. <laughs> and like champagne's flowing, and like they're cheersing, and like aren't things lovely? Yeah. And then we get to the women, and, and just are... oh yeah, the three of them are all feeling starting with Trina. I feel more ha- helpless than I have in years. Yeah. Motherfucker. <laughs> I hate this. Raven, I hate this. And I love this. I, I hate will this. say, like, the way, also the way that Charlotte and Cordelia are really supporting Trina through this because. Trina, you see, is is really stressed about like like she keeps repeating like oh, I have to make everything lovely like everything has to be just for right Jason. This is again this is simultaneously her son's bar mitzvah. Like her her son is celebrating his bar mitzvah. And he the moment that he becomes a man, fr- like this cultural his friend time who of is her ex husband's lover. Ex husband's lover is dying of AIDS in a hospital bed. Like and it's just like how do you manage that? You know. Um, and so then we get into, uh, so the wizard is like, uh, I'm, since I'm the host, apparently I should be the one to toast him. Which is like, just constant (laughs) stream of tears. This like musical, like I haven't cried to a musical so much as I did to this. Honestly. Yeah. And, and Jason, uh, Jason is, is reading his portion of the Torah, uh, reciting his Hebrew and then wizard, we see he gets kind of weak and he needs to go lie down. Um, we get to the point where the scene fades. No, no, no. Before that, but we get to the point where like Marvin is like with him and they all like kind of comment. He's like, he really does look like Marvin. 
to the point of I didn't know if that said so much of Jason growing up to be someone like Marvin or like Marvin's in a place that he's like at the level of like emotional maturity as Jason or both kind of thing that they like are recognizing um or was it that the two people struggling the most with this death are Marvin and Jason like what yeah. were they saying with this what do you think oh um because i said that third thing without thinking of it but i think it's that one (laughs) i actually think that this is a i actually thought that it was a rejection of certain like homophobic ideals that were popular oh um, which would make because sense. because earlier earlier in march of the falsettos um or or my father it was actually my father was a homo one of the one of the comments that i, I made about like it, it not shying away from its homophobia um jason made jason made a comment about like oh my dad's gay does that mean i'm gonna be gay like is it genetic like blah 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 and that that was an idea that people had like people thought that it was genetic in some ways um or that you could catch being gay and I thought that one of the things that I was, uh, or, or one of the things I thought that that might symbolize was it saying like, no, like Jason is his own person. You know, Jason's already expressed his interest in girls, like blah, blah, blah. And yet he can still be like his father. Like, um, I, I thought it was kind of a rejection of, uh, homophobic fears. Yes. Yes. Like, like you can have a child and they can, be your child and y'all can be the same. It's like, if they're not gay, they're not gay. You know what I mean? Like, those things have nothing to do with Yeah, and then at this point, he's just like, says to Jason, I am so proud of you. How did you turn out so great? And then they talk about, like, mm-hmm. during, like, Barman's pose, like, oh, son of this person, son of this person. And they include a lot of people. And I love how they said, and godchild of the lesbians from next door, because they include Mendel, they include Wizard. And, and yeah. just, like, very much, like, thank you for this. The blocks are completely gone. And then we get into Mm -hmm. what would I do? Because at this point, when they move things away, I was like, okay, wizard has died. Wizard is passed. Yes. Um, And we see his almost like spirit come back. um, And and it's like a a short conversation almost um, between Marvin and wizard. Um, and Marvin basically saying, like, for as unhealthy, uh, for as toxic at times, uh, fraught as our relationship was, like, what would I have done without you? What would I have done without this experience, without, you being without my this friend, relationship, without, without this life. love? Yeah. And I think, I do think it's interesting that he does call him his friend. Like, yes, he loved him, but at the end of the day, like... They were also friends. You know, yeah. he also just did care for him as a And as it's a very clear that he was not okay, like, that Marvin wasn't okay for, like, most of this. And it was like, would you do it again? Yes. He's like, you know what? I would do this again. Again yeah. and again and again. Because, because uh, Marvin believes that love is one of the most beautiful things, or is the most beautiful thing yeah. in the world. I feel like I was screwed out yeah. today, so what am I going to do tomorrow? If we only had one hour more of this kind and, of, like, begging, bargaining kind of thing. Um, and this is the part that's really fucked up. They're trying to put the cue back together. That was the set piece. And they take yes. one piece out that turns into a tombstone for a wizard. Tombstone. And I'm just like, and just, it's so powerful because the stage by this point is completely empty besides the cube, the cast oh. members and the singular tombstone. And then also when 
Jason puts... singing to Wizard and singing to each other, Marvin is actually lit. And Wizard oh, yes, is not. and Wizard is, is dark lit, yeah. Uh, or is not lit, like in, yeah. Um, and then we see Jason puts a singular chess piece Fuck me up. on the tombstone, <laughs> and it's the bishop. It's the bishop, which I thought was because Wasn't that the first piece he's tried to move, or am I remembering that wrong? Oh, I think I think it was, but also the bishop is like the advisor. Yes, and I think it's also yeah. like I was like wondering what chess piece he was going to put on there, and I was like, if he was going to put the queen, I was like homophobic, and I was just like ready. Uh, um, and then we get into a reprise um, then we get of to falsetto land, falsetto sung by Mendel, much of the same lyrics as before, but with an entirely different context. With teeny tiny meaning, band, yes. it's just those who are left. Lovers come and lovers go. This is where we take a stand. Welcome to Falsetto Land. Like, I... Yeah. And then it was... All the Of course, the background music was in a minor key at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you... Yeah, instead of a major key. Son of a bitch. <laughs> like, it got me. And, it fucked me up. And and then it's just... And they have their, like, they come on the, stage and they take We see, again, the, the whole emotional impact of, like... As they all gather behind Mendel as he's... Because at first, Mendel is standing at the tombstone, and it looks almost like a podium, like, at a funeral. Like, him speaking, giving an obituary at a funeral. And then he backs up, and Jason puts the chest piece on top, and it becomes clear, like, this is the tombstone. Um, And that's the end. And... Oh my god! Literally, the the I just wrote fucking hell. This was fantastic. Yeah, like, and, but now we're oh gonna get into Raven's composer quarter. So you're gonna like um, tell me what's what? Oh, I was gonna do the discussion question. For, do I normally do the discussion question know. first or composer corner first? I kind of want to do discussion okay, question first. Okay, first let's keep on punishing my emotions. Continue, Raven. So. I, I already have a, a sort of answer for this, so I, I can go first. Um, I'll go first. Okay, okay. But I wanna I wanna discuss um, what if any, and we've hinted at some already, so feel free to pull any of those. But what if any symbolism or foreshadowing did you identify or connect with as part of, within the musical, and what do you think it meant? And for like for me. Because specifically, it's about falsetto land. Um, I think the fact that false that Act Two begins and ends with falsetto land, and it's mostly the same lyrics, but just with very different meaning. Now that you, with the added context of the events of Act Two, um, one, I think it's amazing. I think it's so artistic and creative. But specifically, I think it gives the story a sense of like inevitability, because. At the beginning, I think like we talked about like, oh, now this is an AIDS story. And to an extent, like the moment that you learn, like act one is like, okay, this is a story about two gay men and, and the the relationships that they have with their other with the family and stuff like that. But then when you interact two, it's like, oh, specifically, this is a story about two gay men in the 80s. And there's only one thing in America, there's only one thing that that can mean. And so it kind of like, from the moment you learn that this is the 80s and you take a second look at Marvin and Wizard's relationship, it becomes a sense of inevitability almost of like, oh, and like the moment you know, oh, Wizard has AIDS. Like, even if they don't know it yet, we know it as the audience. And just 
it just becomes like it's no longer just gender roles and how does this mean from a family dynamic and stuff like that but also what does it mean to be dealing with yeah. this and how does that um and and again what does what does life mean and what is the value of that um and i like i just i like the fact that it begins and ends with false out of land because it gives it that sort of cyclical sense yeah. and that sense of inevitability well for me i think definitely and i talked about before i don't know if they did it like well but when uh trina was saying during her first like psychiatric session she was like yeah give me syphilis give me hepatitis kind of things i was just like okay i know where this is heading in from that kind of plot sense but i also think when i had a better understanding of the set pieces where there's just like, oh, they're playing pretend. This is like a game to them, furthered by like some of the songs, mm-hmm. like playing a game and the chess match, yeah. and like chess is the most beautiful thing in the world, and things like that. I think that it's like, at what point is this going to become real? Yes, and so when they start, like, yeah. we're trying to make a home, or what the song is called, and they were like, oh, there's actual props. I was yeah. like, oh, okay, so we're this moving away now. from this idyllic kind of this is what it's expected to me and we're moving more to reality that now we have to deal with it yeah yeah so cool just just a well it's just so well done um well done musical overall okay so now we do indeed get to my composer's composer's corner Composer's Corner. Okay, so the book of this musical, uh, which again, the term book refers to uh, the, the music and lyrics, like all, all of the musical itself, um, was per- was done by William Finn and James Lapine. Um, so William Finn did the music of the of falsettos and James Lapine did the lyrics. So James Lapine, we've spoken about before in our Into the Woods episode. It's not gonna uh, talk too much more about him specifically in this one, um, other than like as a, as a pair. Um, but William Finn is an American composer and lyricist. Um, so Falsettos is one of the musicals that he's best known for, uh, but he's also done a couple others. Um, sorry, one second. Um, he's also done a couple others. So we talked about in Trousers and March of the Falsettos and like how that. Uh, uh, transition in like falsetto land and falsettos um he's also done like making a song uh little miss sunshine the royal family of broadway um loves fire uh, so he has uh kind of a decent a decent sort of uh film not filmography but like uh writing credits i suppose um so i i also think it's interesting the fact that it specifically focuses on a jewish family um, and William Finn himself is, is also Jewish. He was raised in like conservative, uh, Judaism. Um, and he was like noted as like a heavily autobiographical writer. So he would always write his own lyrics. Um, and a lot of his topics, uh, in, in his other works have also included, um, like gay and Jewish experiences in, ter- in sort of at that time, modern day, or I guess contemporary America. Um, there was one compose or there was one post that referred to him as the composer laureate of loss because uh, a lot of his work deals with like family belonging sickness healing and loss um and i i just think it was really interesting how he was able to craft this out of that um because i i think back to when we did like fiddle on the roof 
um, and how that was so culturally centered also around um, a Jewish community, um, not necessarily the Jewish community because there were multiple. Um, and, and just again, how that presents its own other dynamic um, to the story and to the way the characters interact and the specific relationships that they have with each other, you know. Um, I think it'd be interesting to, I don't have many like Jewish acquaintances or friends, um, but I think it'd be interesting to kind of get a direct perspective or, or review um, by someone who's, who's of that community and like maybe has a little more insight into some of the like social nuances of the culture. Yeah. But, yeah. So now. So now, what are we going to be? I actually don't know because I didn't. I didn't request it for this one. So what are we going to be playing? So we will be playing the cello. I will be playing the bassoon, and together we will be sight reading. What would I do? Oh, oh, that's so sad. Okay, be right back, y'all. Brb. Okay. That was so hard. Yeah. Oh my god. The little da 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 is so hard for me. Let me try to play it for you now. It's hard. That's so hard. But we're gonna do ninety-five oh, to the end, so it's me. fine. So tired. Uh, and heads up, so Raven, much. because you're playing Marvin at some point during the song. I die, so it's just going to be you. No. Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm wizard, barely uh, know her. Wait, give me a second, because I literally don't even remember what this part of the song sounds like. Okay, I. We go slower. I'm gonna try my best. I'm just gonna try my best. That's that's all that can be said here. You ready? Yes. Okay. One, two, one, two, three, four. Um so that happened. That is sound that I produced. Uh, it was audible. Yes. <laughs> it's a hard song. Let's be honest. It's so hard. Why do you always pick hard but like, songs, okay, So with this, it wasn't really that We're hard not that rhythmically. <laughs> but like... It's so... It's harder rhythmically than it is intonation. No, no, no. The syncopa- it's, it's combination of syncopation with you and I together. And... Yes. Having tonally Campbell, with the extended you know that notes. I found... Okay, but you say that it's not hard rhythmically, but you know for a fact that I find syncopation specifically to be difficult But you know eighth notes, and that's almost the hardest you have, so. Okay. But, Raven, I got Well, that, that happened. happened. We did it. We finished. <laughs> We're going to practice it another time, I'm sure. We're going to put in a music book for Raven and I to, like, not feel bad about ourselves. But, you know what? We're at the end of the podcast. We're at the end of the episode. And Raven, question for you. What did you think? 10 out of 10. 
This is fantastic. Um, it's beautiful. It's amazing. It is hard hitting. It has such emotional impact and weight, but it also makes you laugh and it makes you think and it makes you cry. Um, and the set design is amazing. The acting is amazing. The music is amazing. The vocal performances are amazing. I just, I, I have no, no, I have no notes. You had a lot of notes, so that's a lie. But like, I also agree. I'd give this out <laughs> ten out of ten. I was debating between nine and ten. I was just like, no, but this it evokes so much emotion for me. Yeah. And I honestly, I can't, I can't think of anything that I did. I mean, other than the character of Marvin, like as a person, um, and, and the ethics of Mindell's profession. Um, I can't think of anything I disliked from like a story or, you know, composition perspective. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. Good. Highly recommend. Campbell, yeah. I have a question yeah. for you. How can we find this? You find us wherever podcasts are found. So that's Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you know, whatever. Literally, wherever you find podcasts, we are there. So that's really rude that you're sucking through your straw while I'm speaking to this, Raven. But, you know, it is what it is. And when you find us, we hope you rate us favorably because on most, if not all these platforms, you can either like, rate, or subscribe. Specifically, specifically on Apple products and Spotify, you can rate us like zero to five stars. We hope you rate us five stars because then we can share more of our like music education nonprofit kind of journey with larger audiences. But if you don't feel like we're deserving of that, you can contact us. Let us know. We are very open to feedback Absolutely. and criticism. So you can email us at boozicals at gmail.com. That's B-O-O-Z-I-C-A-L-S at gmail.com. Or follow us at, at boozicals on Instagram. So that's B-O-O-Z-I-C-A-L-S again. I like to Photoshop us into some fun musical numbers. And we also share Real a lot of you know podcasts we like. We like to share different mm-hmm. nonprofit opportunities, either like fundraisers or things like that. Or just like really cool informational things that, you know, kind of enhance your day on that Instagram. So that's how, you know, you reach out to us. Absolutely. We love to see Yeah, it. but like, yeah, this is a really good one. I, we're this going to be so doing good. more stage really musicals. I'm glad that you picked this. Absolutely. Absolutely. I picked this one. I was like, oh, stage musical. Okay, cool. Oh, it's gay. Yeah, that sounds great. Like, I'm, I'm a fan. But man, am I a fan? Jesus. Amen. Fuck. This is so, it was... Fuck me up. It did indeed fuck me yeah. up. So, with that, I don't know. See y'all next time, and we're going to be doing another fun musical. So, talk to you later. Peace. <laughs>